This podcast is brought to you with support from The Big Idea, New Zealand's online hub for creative people. The Big Idea aims to support talented, innovative individuals and organisations and advocates for creativity as an essential ingredient in the cultural and economic wealth of New Zealand. Their website is thebigidea.nz. Welcome along to Don't Give Up Your Day Job. I'm Bobby Kennedy. I'm Danny McCrum. And uh, we are very excited to be back again for another uh, episode of this podcast, which we are loving. Yes. And today's guest is, uh, well, how did you find it? Um, Pile Nili? Well, I didn't know him, so so it was right off the cuff, and um, for me at least. And I thought it was fascinating, fascinating conversation. Yeah, and he is a fascinating character. I mean, he's... He's done so much, and it's mostly been self-funded and self-sort mm. of energized to get things done. Like um, his, whether it's his records, or uh, he wrote and filmed, uh, directed, and starred in his own musical film, right? Groove, um, Groove City, Groove City, yeah. yeah. Uh, which we don't actually get to talk much about in this no. podcast. And, no. and we usually say to our guests, "We'll do a part two. I think with him, we're going to ha- actually have to do a part two. Yeah, because it's, it's re- his story yeah. is really enthralling. And we're all about enthralling stories here, mm-hmm. um, and one of those that's come to us recently, and we have d- done a podcast, which will be a future podcast. Yes, a few episodes um, away. A few episodes away, um, yep. from Stonefield Basses. Now, Stonefield Music is a New Zealand-based musical instrument maker producing unique handcrafted basses that use responsibly sourced, beautiful timbers, innovative electronics, and a state-of-the-art tailpiece tuning system. Uh, so if you haven't guessed by now, they are one of our sponsors. <laughs> uh, I didn't just bring that off the top of my head. I'm actually thought, reading that. I thought you were just excited about it. You just wanted I'm, to talk I'm about it. Exceptionally excited about <laughs> it. Um, and uh, but there's more. Oh. Their innovative tuning system, um, in case you didn't know, Danny, combined with their neutral, balanced design, makes uh, Stonefield basses more comfortable and ergonomic to play, and more reliable both on the road and in the studio. Nice. And uh, the top of the line uh, timbers and electronics that they uh, use and put in their um, bases deliver a classic tone with modern qualities. No matter what the style of music you play, Stonefield allows you to craft your own sound with the latest in electric bass. And their website is www.stonefieldmusic.com. And he's a a Christchurch bass luthier. Yes, um, it's a very interesting story, so keep your ears up for when the episode comes out. Yeah, but yeah. and it's a story he didn't think was very interesting. But no, we, we, he didn't want to talk about it. Yeah, it was kind of strange. <laughs> well, he, and he did not want to talk about it, he just didn't think it was interesting enough, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It wasn't, he wasn't being uh, difficult. Yeah. He just genuinely was like, why would we talk about that? Yeah, we're Which, here to talk about other things. Right. But, None of this will make sense until you hear it, but once you hear it, you'll know what we you'll mean. You'll know what we're talking about. Right. But, it's, but we were talking about Pele, so um, just getting back to the subject of Pele, it is mm. hard enough in this country to do anything creatively yeah let alone just going shit i've got no budget no money no resources and actually no experience in this area but i'm just going to do it anyway because it's something that i really right. am, am passionate about doing right you know um, and, and it's easy to start things that's that's what i've always found there's you know there's a lot of people out there with good intentions and they they you know put their shoes on and run out of the house and but they seem to lose energy halfway through a project yep you know, there's something to be said about finishing and and seeing something right to the end. The, you know, a lot of people talk about the last hundred meters of 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 an ex, of a project is the you know that's the worst bit, yeah, it's the hardest, hardest bit to just get to get there. Yeah. yeah, and and with him it was definitely a um a passion project. You know, right. he uh, 
it, it probably over about probably seven five or seven years or whatever to get it off the ground and done yeah um and then he had some disagreements with some of the people who helped him produce it and they were holding on to to files that he wanted to edit the film finish it off and, and right. it just got really kind of but they got it across the line and it was released last year um to limited release in cinemas in new zealand and in australia yeah and they did that all themselves too that never really you know but it was a cinematic release through event cinemas right um, but and I saw it a couple of times and I thought it was fantastic. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, great music and you know a really cool story. So good on him for doing that. Um, as I say, it's hard enough to do anything in this country, let alone something of that magnitude. So. Right, and hard to be an individual too. And that's something he talks about a little bit. Yeah, is is having always felt like you know an individual felt like he's. I didn't really use the word lonely, but he used the word like freak, I think he said, didn't he? Yeah, he said that. And also just it seems like he's done his own thing and taken his own path in life, mm. um, which is uh, a scary but brave thing to do. It is because we're very safe in society. You know, m- most of the time we just stay within our within our immediate culture. Yeah. Whatever that culture means. I don't mean culture as in race or anything. I just mean if you come from that neighborhood and everyone's into skateboarding, you know, yeah. um, then you better be into skateboarding. Well, you better be into rugby if you're a New Zealander, Exactly, Danny. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that wasn't me. <laughs> but uh, it's it takes actually a surprising amount of courage to walk your own road. Yeah. And yeah. we tend to shit on people a lot, you know, who, who do that. Mm. We, we question them and, we, you know, we, we um, treat them like, you know, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, yeah. We should celebrate these people. And we talked a lot, a lot in the podcast about that, um, the evolution of, I think I might have said polyfunk and misrepresented it as actually the urban Pacific music sound that right. came out of South Auckland in the early sort of late, um, mid to late 90s, early 2000s kind yeah. of era. Yeah. But we talk about it in the podcast, um, people like the Fui Manas, you know, Paulie Fui Mana with OMC. And mm. he was another one that people looked at like sideways and go, this guy is strange and weird. Right. Did and they? Y- yeah, I yeah don't totally, and, and he totally was um, a bit different right. from from other people. He didn't dress like someone from South Auckland. Yeah, he didn't speak or or, or um, you know talk like what you would expect. But hmm. um, look what happened with him, you know. Mm. And so, and yeah, we get into a little bit of that with Pele, and it's um, I I really was fascinated and want to hear more about it. We sort of jumped around quite a bit because there is a lot there to talk about. There's a big story yeah. to delve into. So as you say, we'll get him back and talk more about um get into the rest, the rest of, of it, it. Mm. Yeah. yeah i even notice um I, I quite like wearing hats you know and and in the states hats are so common right and so um i've really picked up on that i just i just like them you know yeah um i tried various styles out like um went through a stage of buying fedoras and so on and they didn't, they didn't really suit me but I, I found this particular type of hat which i must actually find out what it's called so i can get another one but um just wearing hats like this. I'm not talking about a baseball cap, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm talking about a cool looking hat. I think yours is called a fez. Is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> <It's>, no. <laughs> I'm just well, adding that in there because it's one of the hats I know. Oh right, it's a hat name you know. A fez is like an upside down, <laughs> upside down um, flower pot type shape. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, just what I find is in as just a very small observation as in this country, if you make any kind of change to your appearance or if you wear something that's a little bit you know out of the ordinary not even necessarily being aggressive people just comment on it really you just turn up someone they go you're wearing a hat <laughs> and, then, and then what do you say to that and i often you're, say you're wearing a fucking fedora i often say i'm wearing pants too 
you know <laughs> like why do we need to point it's these like that, you know that, someone you know uh, you, you decide you sit down and you order maybe a salad at dinner or something and someone yeah. says to you well you don't need to order that salad to impress us and you go well <laughs> no i want a salad because i want to have something nice maybe oh, i actually want a salad i've never seen you eat a salad before well you've never seen me have a wank before either <laughs> But, you know, to the best of my knowledge, yeah. uh, you've never seen that. So it doesn't my, mean my, I don't... my family would do this thing where they'd go, um, you know, you would, you would get tomatoes on something or something. They'd say, I thought you hated tomatoes. And I'd look at them like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and they'd go, well, five years ago, I asked you if you wanted tomatoes on your burger and you said no. And right. it's like, I didn't realize that was a contract for life, you know. <laughs> I just didn't feel like in that day. <laughs> People like to put you in a box, eh? Right. Yeah. yeah. But it's just this weird thing that we do. And if you think about it, in New Zealand, we, we are all very uniform. And maybe that's something you, you find out more when you travel the world, is that you, you realise that there are so many different ways of being and dressing and acting and, and presenting yourself. Yeah. Uh, but we have this funny thing. Like, if you think about most normal people in New Zealand, they all, they all look like they've been dressed by their wives, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah. yeah. My wife's got much more style than I have. <laughs> Yes, the Helen Steins look. Actually, you know. my wife wouldn't let me leave the house if, if and she was. What the fuck is up with pink business shirts, by the way? Oh, it's all changing, man. Who started it's all, that? It's all changing. I don't know, Paul Henry. If if he started that, that's right. fucking yeah. Or the um the one thing that see now I'm knocking someone else's individualism. Yeah, but but that's not. I mean, that's again, that's like a little trend, isn't it? That's a it's popular for those guys in the corporate world. But I guess too. it's the way you react to that, to other people's reactions to you doing yeah. something a little bit different. You know, yeah. so how did people react to the fedora thing? Which, by the way, was it an Indiana Jones throwback or? Uh, are you asking why when you, when you wore fedoras? Uh, no, I just like the idea of wearing hats and fedora is just one of the more common ones. So okay. that's one of the ones I ended up buying. Um, but it just wasn't, it didn't suit me, I don't think. Right. Um, so I found this other style that looked a bit more kind of modern. And um, what was your question? Well, I mean, some people will, will hold back from doing anything different for the fear of being judged. Right, yeah. About exactly. it, right? Yeah. And then, so then you're letting fear control your life. Right, exactly. And why would you do that? Yeah. You know? So I think it's best to constantly surprise people. And what people think of you, what is the saying? Whatever, what other people think of you is none of your business. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Disengage so, with it. Yeah. yeah. But I also like the idea of just constantly being surprising. Yeah. You know, like if you always dress the same and always, you know, put your hair the same way up or whatever, um, you know, you're kind of asking for it, but just fuck with people. Yeah. Just turn up wearing something really weird. But how, how did we get on that subject? Was Pele wearing a hat? I can't remember. I don't know. Oh, right. Okay. Because <laughs> we went on. What I just like oh, about we're talking about We're talking about um, uh, individualism oh, okay. and people taking their own road, you know. And so, right. I mean, you know, here's a guy who grew up in a, in a you know, pretty macho-centric world. Yeah. And um, he was reading books and writing poetry, you know. Mm. And in mm. many ways, that's almost dangerous. Yeah. You know? I mean I was I don't I didn't come from the same kind of background that he did, but I had the very similar experience where I was more of a ponder and a thinker and I was writing lyrics and songs and yeah. and, and sometimes it, you're right, it, it, depending on the situation, it is dangerous to stick out. Yeah. And like well, you become a fuck, target. Who do you think you are? Yeah, you know, totally. you think you're better than me. And I was always a target for that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. And but you know, you decide like what's more important. Do I become one more douche? Like you say in the what's that thing you say in the episode? Uh, about douche buggeries and Douche. Oh, I don't know. Fuckwittery or something. Uh, Douchebaggery. Um, do you become one more moron or do you do your own thing? Become yourself. Yeah. 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 I know what I'd rather do. 
<laughs> but speaking of someone who does his own thing and does it very well, our second sponsor for today's episode is Nick Portman and his new studio. Based in Los Angeles, Nick Portman is a freelance audio engineer and record producer with a rich history of working in a range of large format recording studios throughout the USA, New Zealand, the United Kingdom and the Czech Republic. Nick previously worked as the in-house engineer at Auckland's York Street Recording Studios, followed by Modern World Studios in the UK and Roundhead Studios in New Zealand. Nick has recently set up his own studio in Birkenhead, Auckland. Drawing on his vast experience, he's designed a purpose-built studio to service our local music industry with his high standards. The studio is currently unnamed, so we're accepting name suggestions that we will pass on to Nick. So, um, what's, the, what's leading the list of suggestions? Well, currently, currently we have Nam Troop. Uh, Nam Troop Studios, which has been entered by yourself, and Big a, Knob Studios, which a, has been entered by myself. What a couple of brilliant names. Yes, but we're sure our listeners can come up with something more brilliant. So, yes, of so course. reach out and let us know. The uh, the website is www.nickportman.productions, and Portman is spelt with two O's. Get the big studio experience for boutique prices. Nice. So should we have a listen to the um, conversation with, with Pele Nili? And um, by the way, I, I would suggest that if you do have the opportunity to look up some of his music, um, Sadell is um, the name of the group that he's with. But yep. uh, we didn't again, we didn't get into it, but they went over to the States and they had a really great reception over there. Um, yep. He also talked about, I think, off afterwards about an incident they had over there where they won a talent contest, but they got... Um, threatened with guns because they were t- taking the money away from it. So the guys had a lot of yeah. a lot of experiences. <clears throat> yeah, make sure you've been to the bathroom, get yourself a glass of water, yeah, some snacks. Yeah, this is in. this is a ride. This one. All right, awesome. Now let's do this. Don't give up your day job. How do you find inspiration for writing stuff? Do you find it from like new media stuff, like YouTube and Facebook and? I don't know what the word is when you see clouds and then you see images. Paradolia. It, it's sort of like You that. just made that up. No, I didn't. Look it up. <laughs> look it up. You can look it up right now. We can stop That's the podcast. okay. I don't care enough. Okay. <laughs> and, and the other thing, I didn't even know it even had a name. Like growing up, I always called a freak. Um, <laughs> certain, because I'd, I'd express um, certain things when I hear music in that. Right, right. But it's... Oh, I had the word. I forgot it now because uh, it doesn't mean much to me. But it's what Pharrell is when you see colors. right. You see colours in music. Yeah, when you hear music, you, 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 you see colours. So yeah, I've heard say, of that. I don't yeah, know. I used to always say to her when we were growing up, or my friends, like, man, just it's, I just see red and yellow, and they were like, Fah, what's he smoking? <laughs> no, I, I literally, yeah, it doesn't happen all the time, but it does. And, yeah. and I, I looked it up, and it's not like it can happen to anyone. Right. I think there's something in the brain. <clears throat> the brain is a really unusual thing, it is, man. Right. It is like what? What about that dude that was on? Um, he jumped into a swimming pool and hit his head on the swimming pool. I think it was, and then now he can play classical piano. What? Like a wow. fucking virtuoso. He's never touched the piano in his life. Wow! And I'm sure it was he hit his head on a pool, or, or he hit his head anyway. And That's now so he's cool. a an idiot savant on the piano. Is he an idiot? No, they didn't get brain damage. Well, he got brain something. I mean, it is kind of a damage, isn't yeah, it? I sort guess of. so, yeah. Brain yeah. damage in the perfect In way. a way, yeah. yeah. And I was thinking, isn't man, that what happens with the savant, that some things don't work and it, ref- and it sort of focuses the other things that yeah, do, do work? Or different something? kind of neurons firing. Of course, don't take this as a verbatim. <laughs> no. Um, I'm pretty sure they wouldn't have taken it. I think it. I failed that at medical school. Um, that, right. You went yeah. to medical school? Of course not. <laughs> I used to tell... Well, my friends of mine used to tell people that I was a doctor in jazz. 
Yeah. Which there is no such thing, I don't think. I don't know. Maybe there's because I went to jazz school. I think there is actually. I know a couple Isn't of there? jazz musicians who are doctors. Right. They've got a doctorate. Doctorate in, in yeah, jazz. Yeah. They're just doctors. <laughs> but the, um, the human brain is a. Is Can a you really... imagine? Is there a doctor in the house? Yes. That's a good <laughs> doctor in jazz. Yeah. Um, no, but it, it is really weird the way that, th- that some things. Uh, I was listening to a podcast from another dude who was talking about, um, and I can't remember the. Hypno, hypnagogic hallucinations. Hypnagogic. Hypnagogic. So when you either it's you either you're falling YouTube, asleep. <laughs> no, this was a you this do, was a podcast. You, you oh yeah. Um, either when you're falling asleep or waking up and you have that paralyzed, you know, you can't move. Um, oh, paralysis. Paralysis, like you Night, know, yeah, yeah. nighttime paralysis. I don't, I totally. Are we record? Are we on now? Yeah, yeah, we're on. Yeah, yeah. This is it. You fucking get into that shit. Yeah, yeah. man. Let's do it. Same here. I'm, I'm. I'm. Yeah. You get that? That's true. It when you, when you wake up and you can't move. Well, if you live, if you're in the hood. Yeah. That's normal, bro. <laughs> In what way? To explain. I didn't realize it was geographical. <laughs> well, some, something's up at, in the hood, man. Like right. Chemtrails. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> but anyway, carry on. Carry well, on. And so this person that I was listening to said that he, he would have hallucinations in that state. Yeah. And like he, he'd seen a, a robed figure in his room as an 11 year old kid, and he said it happened more than once. Oh, it happens all the time in the hood, bro. So, so explain that a little bit. <laughs> and then once you talk about the, the hood stuff, we'll get back into your, your, your childhood, how you came up and got oh, into okay. music. But um, what do you mean by that when you say in the hood? I mean, we know you're from, you're from South Auckland. Yeah. And, and I know it's not geographic, but I just, I just feel like, like I'm, I'm, I'm a, as a kid, I've always been a, like, yeah, it's normal. Yeah, it's, it's kind of normal. Yeah, me growing up, right. it's happened a lot to me. Right, is it? But it's a... how you deal with it, eh? Like I, I've, I've found, yeah. So we're talking about the sleep paralysis thing. Yeah, it happens we, yeah. all the time. Or right. we're talking about other like supernatural, no, supernatural stuff as well. Yeah, supernatural. Right. Any, we could talk about anything, bro. That's yeah. what I'm saying. You know? Yeah, yeah. Do you believe in ghosts? Yeah. Okay. I, I believe in demons. Interesting. Not, but they they're not ghosts, right? Well, they're well, spiritual the entities. Are they bro? aliens? I mean, I'm not sure. Oh, okay. What are you asking me going, for? I was asking you. No, no. <laughs> now we're going into it. Because yeah. um, yeah. I think of a ghost as being someone who was alive who's now dead, you know, like a ghost. What, a spirit being, right? What, can a spirit what? being it, it, be a shapeshifter? Could it, could it, <laughs> could it emulate? Tell me, don't ask me. <laughs> oh, I mean, like, could it, could it be some sort, sort of power that has always been around and could, um, like, hologram, like, right. make themselves into some loved one? Right, and right. but but actually be an evil entity could be. I mean, that's right. what I mean. Okay, you, you, I mean in, in Samoa. Yeah. So the reason why I say that because I've seen that shit growing up, right, all the time, and it's like normal for me. But why me and my family? I don't know why, and that's why I said I'm labelled like the freak, right? Because I'm the dude that has seen all that stuff growing up, and it's like normal to me. You mean labelled by your family or outside the family? Oh, because you know Samoan family is. Hundreds of us, yeah, yeah, right, right. It's sort of like, yeah, there he goes again. That big dreamer guy, and but in a good way, you know. It's like yeah. jokes, but they believe it's it's traditional in now in now in Samoa. Yeah, like there's things walking around, bro. So if it's traditional in Samoa, then why do they think that you're freakish for in you New know? Zealand? I don't know. I don't. Uh, is it taboo? I don't. I don't know. People don't right. like to talk about things they don't understand. Yeah, I you'd, think. you'd be outcasted, right? Yeah. If you were to say that, you'd be deemed crazy. But I, I'm just, I've always been outspoken. And yeah. So you were born in Samoa? No. No. So you I actually bo- went when I was five. Right. Right. And then, yeah. I, and like, true true or not, but 
my parents were speaking to her as well as myself and said that I had a really rare disease, like a chickenpox disease, where they had Americans fly over. And this was the old Princess Mary Hospital. Right. Up in town. Right. I don't remember that hospital. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Like, me too. It was so <laughs> fucking scary. Like, if you imagine being that kid, like an eight-year-old or some seven-year-old, like, locked in a... It felt like a prison cell, really mm. dark. Mm. I could feel things there. Right. But at the same time, I could only have... I have little blotches of, you know, like, memories. Yeah. But I remember my mom crying and stuff. And this, this is, like, way back in the 80s, right? So my parents had no car. They right. probably basically, like, catch a few buses to come see me. Yeah. So I never quite saw them throughout the whole day because they right. had to work right right yeah, yeah. and yeah. i remember men i remember seeing these um white coated men poking me and shit like that and yeah how long were you in hospital i can't remember right i don't know i didn't ask her but i did ask her a few questions like i remember being in hospital and she my mom explained to me and said you had this rare form of chicken pox that was unheard of wow. in new zealand and they had people from america come and test me up so it's shit like that that's happened in my life that i still feel like <clears throat> has brought me on it's a music where I always feel like I'm always going to be the first to, to yep. do things. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're always involved. Yeah. 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 So you've always felt like you're the odd one out. And so it's almost like you start to embrace it. Yeah. And you go, well, I'll be the odd one out there. Yeah, that's I'll, I'll be the first person to do this. Or mm. it sort of becomes an ambition or a motivation. Yeah. And you only click on, I only clicked on like maybe 20 years ago, mm. maybe 15 years ago. I was like, shit. Yeah. Wow, we've because uh, we've talked about that quite often. The outliers, eh? um, yeah. musicians yep. and and, <clears throat> and creative people mm. who really um, often are really gifted and talented and and, and um, try to do this for a living or do it just for the love of doing it and mm. whatever um, tend to be those freaks and the outliers and the ones yeah, that people us. kind of the outcasts. Eh? Yeah. yeah, so you felt like that your your whole life in a way. Yeah, yeah, never been put onto a box. Not that, not that there's nothing wrong with that because we live in society. We have to pay the bills. We have to fuck it. If everything was free, I feel like we'd fully be ourselves. Yep. You could fully realize your, yeah, your potential. Fully, yeah, we'd all be fully what we're supposed to be in life. But yep. we can. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it's a process mm. right now. But we can't fully... Like most people that I know can't fully do it because... Mm. Not by default. Because they can't. They have to pay the bills. You have to you pay gotta, the water gotta, rates. You've got to play the game. Yeah, you have to play the game. Right? Yeah. But then again, just playing devil's advocate, if those people who are just... They were meant to be complete douchebags. If they weren't busy paying the bills, they'd be out there doing douchebag stuff. True that. And there seems to be more of them these days than ever. Yeah, I'm kind. Of, I'm kind what of, are you talking about? No, well, what I'm saying I is, know what you mean, like, bro. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised. Douchebags need to be preoccupied as well, otherwise the world's going to be full of fucking douchebaggery. Uh, yeah, but I know what you mean. The balance, right? But uh, or fuck wittery. You know? Yeah, I'm just kind of surprised that my. We'll call it my 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 class men, right? Yeah. Like even they've thrown away their cultural values, like um, integrity, and like because because the 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 forces that may be or the influence of today has kind of mm. like forced a lot of people to kind of like, you know, like I, I never used to cut in front of a fucking line. Yeah. Yeah. I gave up my seat for an elderly woman. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. those perceptions that that those ideals have gone. Right. And and there's guys my age that are actually kind of like. We call it petty shit, right? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're doing it too. Right. And I'm like, dude, yeah. you just threw a, you just threw a whole few decades of what, you know what I mean? Just so yeah. you could, because they've given up, bro. Like there's right. a will within like, man, we'll fuck everyone else then. So know? do you see, where, where do you see the origin of these changes? Like, I mean, I think social media has a large role to play. Big time. In this. What, what, do you blame that? 
like almost exclusively or a range of things? Um, I think social media more access to your house that you know you could say whatever you want yeah it's definitely amped without up. looking someone in the yeah. eye there, there was i mean all that all that was present but they just had no platform right to right. express their shit it was yeah. always behind closed doors right yeah yeah and now now that platform you know i mean because I mean, this pros and cons to it right yeah mm. yeah true yeah, they definitely are and do you think it's got um anything to do with the the me generation you know it's all about me and the millennials um, yeah and you and you I, I don't I'm not going to give up my seat for that old lady I want to sit down kind of thing it's all about me and people those traditions go out the door you know but when how often do you go back to Samoa oh I haven't been in a while but when you go back do you feel that the old ways pulling you you know do you feel like you're re things a little bit and going oh, okay this is the way it used to be and this is the way it should be and then you come back home to or if the know, same change has been happening there too it depends because for me, <clears throat> like I said back growing up, being the freak guy, I am today because of lessons learned in life right. and the choices that I've made and mm-hmm. the choices and the things that I accept to come into my belief system, right? Mm-hmm. But I wasn't, you know, I was still trying to find myself when we are growing up. Okay, I'm born in New Zealand, right? <clears throat> but I'm not a New Zealander. Okay. To people. You right. know what I mean? Like to, to the society that I grew up. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> you go to Samoa, but I'm a Samoan, right? Yeah. I'll go to Samoa, and I'm not caught a fucking Samoan. Right. Right. So you're caught between two worlds. Oh, I'm, I'm in, I'm surprised I'm in that, the Twilight Zone. Really. I'm yeah. surprised that the first part of that, I'm surprised I don't consider you a, a New Zealander. I'm surprised about that part of it. Oh, that's 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 the cultural... That's what happened where I was growing up. Right. You know what I mean? Oh, so it's not necessarily like that now. Is that what you're saying? I don't know. Maybe... <laughs> I don't know. Mm. So you grew up in South Auckland? Yes. Yeah. And so do you feel I like... Grew, I grew up in Central. So my parents went around. I remember growing up in Green Lane. Oh, yeah. So that's where I got sick, the time when I got sick. And yeah. I, and I just... And then we then we moved out. My parent, my, my dad came on a... I think he came on a banana boat. And my mom came on a plane. Right. But it was the whole grey gray land thing. Yeah. Then oh, gen- yeah. Gentrification happened, and they moved out to South. Yeah. Yeah. So we, I think we came from Greenland to Central. Mm-hmm. Oh, is Greenland still Central? Oh, well, yeah, city, I guess it is. Sort of Central. Kind of thing yeah, it is now. But out, yeah. out here, and we didn't stay for long. I think probably about a year and a half, and then we settled out in South. Yeah. And that's when, that's when, yeah, all the shit happened. Yeah. So I mean, are you comfortable talking about some of that stuff? Yeah, you we're know? cool, man. Yeah. So you're. Mm. Um, when you, I guess it was a clash of cultures out there in South Auckland, where everyone was kind of. You, you mentioned gentrification. I I don't I didn't grow up in Auckland, so I don't know much about the specifics around. But I have heard about the moving out, the big swathes of family being moved that moves out of Greyland into South Auckland, and, and it's Margaret happening and, again. Yeah, it's out of Glenninnes, right? And oh, it's happening again in South Auckland. There's a lot really? of houses being being bought out, and right mm. because of this whole housing market thing. Yeah, well, today you, you would never like growing up in the nineties. You would never be walking outside at night, right? Let alone being a different ethnicity. Like, I'm I'm seeing Asians now walking their little those little fluffy dogs. Do you, do you have? I don't know what the like, um, po- poodles. Yeah, all labradoodles. Yeah, 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 those, those things. <laughs> yeah. I'm seeing them walking out like eight nine at night. And yeah, in Otara. there's people living in here, bro. Like, it's really, really multicultural, man. It's yeah, it's. I is, never, I never seen that growing up in the nineties. Like, is that also because they moved there, but they don't know, so they just go for a walk? Like, is mm. is, it, is it still dangerous? Yeah, probably so. Yeah, and they just don't realize. <clears throat> I mean, I've done that in other cities. So just gone for a walk. It's <laughs> gone a bit more safer. 
Yeah. Let's just say it's a bit more safer now. Mm. Right. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like a positive thing, obviously. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But is the problem being moved to somewhere else? Yeah, but uh, yeah. And in terms of my generation, I'm like, it's culture shock. Right. Yeah. Right. Just driving and going, holy shit. Mm. Yeah. There's some Asians. Yeah. Jogging. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. And, and Europeans, you know, Balangis. Yeah. I'm like, damn. Yeah. The hood has changed. What's a, ba- they what's a Balangi? Now? Oh, this thing. Oh. Pakia. Oh, right. I haven't heard that word before. Oh, that's cool. That's something. Yeah, Balangi, that's what, in Samoan. Okay, right. Okay, gotcha. Pakia, yeah. Oh, right. It means white devil. No, just kidding. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I knew what I meant. (laughs) 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 But uh, Awkward. Yeah, awkward moments. Uh, Fuck this shit. uh, (laughs) Yes, moving right along. Um, And so have you, but you've grown up in a lot of kind of, you grew up in the, there was a lot of stuff going down in South Auckland when you were growing up. So we didn't have much options, right? Mm. You're either going to be a sports player, someone in athletics, work at the factory, a pastor. Right. And what else? Or entertainer. Entertainer, gangs. Yeah, that's pretty much all a drug dealer. So So, so it's not very much, not many options, right? Right. And was the music culture out there pretty strong at that point? Well, OMC came out of that, um, yeah. and, you know, the Fui Manas. Yeah. Oh, because we're jumping, if we're going to do my timeline. Yeah, then. let's do your timeline <clears> from that. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. you started getting into music and yeah. stopped looking at clouds and decided yeah. you wanted to make Yeah, that's right. Music. Because because if, if everything had panned out right for me, right? And this is based on all the deals that I've done underground, like behind the scenes. Um, a lot of people that have represented um, Polynesia in mainstream music that I was a part of mm-hmm. and did not get accredited for. Like, yeah. I'm that guy, man. I, yep. I was very vibrant. I've been bullied all my life being young. I've seen the domestic violence shit, yeah. everything, right? Uh, all my uncles have been connected in certain gangs. I've seen all of that, right? Yep. But for some reason, I always had a belief system that always always bring that sunshine in my life. Like I, I would always yeah. imagine, like I'd make shit up uh-huh. just so that. And Michael Jackson was the dude. The Bee Gees were the dudes. Alton John. So my parents, <clears throat> they they ha- they hosted a lot of parties, and I mean that they, they weren't. It wasn't like Jake the Musk kind of environment, right? Because they're very religious, right? right. So that's that's the thing. Huh. So we were gang leaders, but we went to church. Interesting, right? Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Wow, that's, that's a, a real... whole different dynamic from yeah, from man. wearing patches and driving Harley Davidsons. And so we had cousins that were in. Um, more predominantly moldy gangs, right? Yeah. But but they were like minute. It was only like two Samoan guys here, oh, a Tongan yeah. guy here. And yeah. Usually those were the muscle guys, right? Yeah. How did they reconcile that? Like, how did they make sense of that themselves? I mean... Money, I guess. Were the gangs typical gangs? Were they, they had the aggressive side and everything like a normal gang, yeah, right? Yeah, normal yeah. gang. But in Otara, like every... every, every so the Otara started with the Stormtroopers. Uh-huh. And it was like the Black Panthers, like the Polynesian Panthers, but they're yeah. a bit different. Though. And they had a very highly educated um, leader who went to uni. And he was like six, uh, eight, and he happened to be my cousin. Right. Really older than me, though. Yeah. And he was a prom- he was a promising Auckland NPC player. Right. He played for, I think, New Zealand Bees. So he was, you know, same, same typical culture, right? Yeah. Gangbanger, gangbanger, weekdays, rugby star. On the weekends, you know what I mean. Right. And then church boy on Sunday, and that's basically what it was like in my environment. With wow, with so you've got all of those things pulling against you, like spiritually, um, physically, you feel you're you're at risk, I suppose, too. Big if you're time. in a band and you're in you're in a gang, rather multiple levels of culture because yeah. you've got your Samoan culture, you've got the New Zealand culture, yep. you've got gang culture. gang culture. 
I mean, Sport, church, church culture. Church, church, yeah. yeah. How do you find yourself amongst all of that? Man, that is a really good question. I never thought about it. I just, I think that's what helped me now. It's like, because I, with my crew, we call it a thousand styles. Yeah. I don't know if that's, that's like bipolar or just switching. Yeah. Like putting on different hats, but yeah, on Pro- the cusp. Probably like, a survival mechanism. That's exactly what it is. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I always say that. Yeah. It was really survival. Yeah. Right. And it, it played a massive part in my life maybe last year from the last time we spoke. Yep. <clears throat> Close to a mental breakdown, right? Right, mm-hmm. yeah. Because you're constantly fighting. Uh-huh. And that's what everyone says about me. Right. Yeah. You're always fighting. I relate to that. Constantly yeah. fighting, yeah. fighting, yeah. fighting. You're always against everything. Everybody's... And I always take it as misunderstanding. Yeah, because, man, you having talked to you many times, you know, outside of this kind of thing, you you seem like a very positive person who has got... A great outlook on everything, but you, which you're I saying, do, you do, and but so are these other things fighting inside you that that you think propel you, or I just think I take all the, you know, you know, even as bad as that shit was, mm. I wouldn't be any other. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. But I think it's also back to that survival thing. I mean, I can say for myself that, you know, when you're in a bad spot, you have the decision to either go further down. Or to find your way out, yeah. and so you you get trained to find the positive. Yeah, no, that's right. I, yeah. I could be the most unluckiest motherfucker on earth. Yeah, yeah. Now that I'm at this age, you know, I'm in, I'm, I'm forty now, right? And I could still be called the unluckiest motherfucker on earth. Like I've made a lot of people millionaires. Yeah, <sighs> through yeah. through music, everything and, through yeah. everything. Yeah, and right. this is what I'm saying. Like at this age now, like I'm I'm that type of guy. I used to be because I'm a. I change, I, like I go. I think I go from level to level. Like yeah. I'm at the happiest moment of my life right now. Yeah. And for you guys to invite me, which I'm very grateful for, I'm like, shit. I just started this life. Yeah. <laughs> I want right. to talk about this, but I know I have not. I haven't even introduced myself to the world about what I went through. Right. But I really want to talk. What I'm. But I'd like. Well, because you're of, welcome to. This is, oh, this is what well, this is for. We yeah. need eight hours, bro. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's you, what I'm saying. So yeah. I'd rather talk about the upbringing so that. Maybe I'll get invited again. Sure. Yeah, sure. Totally. At the introduction yeah. phase, because I know there's, I know there's, at the time I thought it was just only me out there, but I, I really believe there's a lot of us out Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Right. And, and to hear this would be inspiration, especially yeah. on your guys' Definitely. platform. Yeah. But um, yeah, that was pretty much it. But I, I, I truly believe because I'm into so much, I never settled for one thing. I've, I've always believed, I, I loved reading. Yeah. yeah. So there'll be times I'll take time out and, you know, the boys will be trying to chat up the girls at school, you know, they'll writing the letters, shit and all that. But then there'll be times and then you got the guys at the courtyard all trying to show their strength playing league on concrete. Because we used to play league on concrete. <laughs> yeah. That's normal. Full tackle. Yeah. Full tackle, bro. On, on, Fuck. That's South Auckland. <laughs> yes. Ruben Wiki will, will testify to that. Holy shit. But he went to Hillary College. I went to Otahu College where, yeah, quite a lot, a lot of legends. Yeah. Um, but you're, you're friends with David too, right? As yeah, well. yeah, he's right. my big bro. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, carry on. I was going to say, about that, yeah. yeah, what do you, what do you know about? We've got to get him on the podcast. Yes, totally. Yeah. Oh, I can hook that up, man. That'd be awesome. Okay. Um, but there would be times I'd just like to go in the library. Yep. During playtime, just to read. What kind of books? I lo- I've always loved reading too. Yeah, oh, so, Europe. Yeah? Europe, fascinated. Rome, you know, like just... Like, like modern or pr- like historic stuff? Historic stuff, yeah. just yep. to know... That other side of the world. Mm. So like Game of Thrones sort of stuff? <laughs> yes, here we go. <laughs> but anything like America, especially America. Right. Especially America. Mm. Because I was into music and it was like, 
that's the ultimate platform, bro. Definitely. Right, yeah. Nowhere else but the States. Yeah. And we were all like that, eh? If yeah, you yeah. crack it in the States, yeah, it's man. Like you cracked it everywhere. And so we always knew that's where the best was. Exactly. Right. And that's why it was so cool with, oh, man, we're skipping, but it opened my eyes going overseas because New Zealand, without the technology, we'd be stuck in the garage, right? Mm-hmm. And that's all we'd be doing. We'd Absolutely. be grinding and grinding and we'd, we'd have vinyl and we'd have VHS tapes all wrinkly and watching, you know, like it's all it's all meshed up. You can't hardly see because we were dubbing it and yeah, looking yeah. at your favorite artists and practicing away, not knowing that we were actually putting in our 10,000 hours. Right. Yeah, man. Yep. So by the time you went overseas, when I finally had my opportunity to go overseas, I was like, really? They couldn't keep up with us. Like, right. yeah, levels are like, enter the studio. I've had heaps of heaps of sad stories from my bros in South Auckland that went overseas, you know, getting hooked up for one particular guy named Alan Tongi, you know, one of the, um, severe in them know him, but because of a situation, they retired, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Something bad that happened. Yeah. And then they just pulled the plug. And this right. guy, this guy made all these beats, right? And because the hookup, <clears throat> should I say their name? Nah, if you, not if you don't feel comfortable. No, I'm, I'm comfortable because they were cool. But yeah, well, a certain, uh, a certain um, hip-hop group, Samoan hip-hop group in America, actually gave him a, a plug, which means like told him to come over. Right. right? And they were going to do some beats. And um, they hired, they had Eminem. Right. Eminem was coming through. So his manager had come through. And when they came through, and you know, we're from New Zealand and there's that respect, you know, in our culture, it's like we don't say anything until we're asked. Yep. Yeah. We'll, everyone's at the front table and we'll just take the... Self-deprecating suit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The back table there yep. and mm. we'll just eat the scraps. Well, well, he was sitting there and then the manager was going through all the beats and came across his beats because they were in the library. And then the manager just kind of like felt like, what the sh- What the fuck is this? Yeah. Whose are these? man, can I get four of these? And it was like, awkward. Right. And then they, you know, he went home and they said, we'll call you. You know, the people that had brought him over. Yeah, yeah. They said, we'd call you. It's looking great. And he never heard from them again. They didn't take his beats, did they? No, they didn't. But they cut him out. Right. Because he was a threat. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I mean, ever since that, he's never touched music ever again. Oh, man. That that is a sad story. Yeah, Yeah, it is. Yeah. Because you this you went over to New York, eh? The Carson Center. There was a, a gig you guys did there. Is that right? Yeah, um, we did a lot of things. Are we yeah. going back from there? We can, well, we you can on? you can start from where because I'm interested to know actually. To, yeah, we'll go back to when did you pick up a guitar or when when did you know that music was the thing that um, was either going to satisfy your dreams or or realize them in a way that um, you could express yourself to the world. Yeah, this is so cool though. So, um, of course, of church it was church, right? Singing. But I had older cousins, and those old, those cousins of mine, you have that one cousin, that one family that you'd like to go in the weekends because the age gap was, was different, and they would have more R16, R18 shit, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. they were the ones with the posters, and you see Michael J. Fox, and, like, shit like that you would never have at our household at that time because we were full on the Bible, and, right. Uh, but my cousins, eh, they were the teenagers, they were the punk era, Oh, they yeah. were wearing leathers and you know it was like cool and that's where I watched that's where I saw the outside world and I would just go there and stay there from Friday night right till Sunday because we'll have to go to church and that's where they'll drop me off to my parents because oh, we all okay. went to church together right yeah I remember crying all the time like I wanted to live with those guys they were my idols <laughs> but I, that's where I saw solid gold and uh, like I, I got to see live acts and stuff like that and I got to know 
What was what? What was the question again? Um, so, it, it, w- at what point did you go? I want to do that. I want to oh, be a okay. musician. Yeah. And that's when hip hop came into my life. Right, right. So we got these dub tapes and started hearing shit like all this hip hop stuff, and I was like, I just felt revolutionized day eh? because I felt like it, I understood it. Right. Yeah. Almost immediately. Immediately. It's yeah. funny how a lot of people have that experience <laughs> at some point in yeah. their life, eh? Yeah. And and it's all it, it, whatever what the music is is not really important, but for them it's just something hits them. That makes their whole mind open up. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I just felt like I was the only dude listening to this in my age group. So I'd go to church and remember these old orange foamy headphones. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You could, you could take it off and I used to slide it through my shirt, through my sleeve. <laughs> so I pretend I'd be leaning, but I'm listening to hip hop in a, <laughs> a very strict environment where um, it was it was uh, not condoned where someone could just walk up and go to their daughter or son and slap them in the face in front of everyone you know discipline, yeah, yeah. the discipline the yeah. discipline levels were pretty up there <laughs> and if you got caught pre political correctness yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then you'd be you'd be mocked for days but yeah I, I used to just listen to hip hop and I just was so drawn to it yeah and then I realised it wasn't even around back then like rock and roll it was called devil's music in our, cir- in our right. circle when it started to wow to make a when it started to make a bit of noise in South Auckland so you've got to picture South Auckland the population wasn't as big as now, but it felt like a village. It was kind mm-hmm. of right. Everyone. It still feels that way now. Yeah. I think when you see it, eh? yeah, 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 yeah. But it was really yeah. So everyone knew everybody, and right, and yeah. So it was hip hop. It was hip hop that really grabbed my attention, and right. then I started researching. Yeah, and did you do any formal lessons, or do you have enough friends and cousins who can t- teach you how to play a few chords, or or um or were you just learning off records? Yeah, I was learning off records. Right, and plus, and then I got into poetry. Right, and then you got that old thing, you know, the big, the big kid that no one considers as a hip fella, and you have all these little puppy love crushes on every hot girl that you know, and <laughs> you start writing about them and shit. And but it was really the the choral choral side of things with church, right? Where I got my ear was trained with um, pitches, and yeah, harmony harmonies, and, right? And, and then going to other churches, like because. It's like a church every you you see in Otara. It's yeah, like yeah. a church every every thirty meters. Yeah, yeah. or even yeah. Samoa. We were in yeah. Samoa last year. It's like Starbucks. There's a, there's a, a church exactly. literally <laughs> every hundred meters is another church. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so, so were these things being in poetry and reading and things was that quite unique at this very, time? Very right. Very. No one was doing it. Yeah. No one was doing it. And then the advantage that must have given you though. Yeah. I mean, I think reading has given me such an advantage in my life. It really you know, is. I think most of the things I learnt, you know. Well, that's um, what I think about hip-hop today. Yeah. They're illiterate. Right. That's that's right. the thing. Literacy is very important in anything. Absolutely. Mm. Everything. The way you think, the way you understand people. It's, it promotes the art of communication, even Big if time. just to yourself. Like clarifying your thoughts. And writing. And I, writing, I mean, yeah. Like tapping. Yep. Like I tell them, uh, I, I keep a lot of young people away from that shit. Mm-hmm. Like I encourage them to use a pen. You mean right. texting, typing? Yeah, writing. Hey, like yeah. write, man. Yeah. Like, you know, the, don't don't, don't watch the lyrics on the phone, man. Fuck, mm. write. Yeah. See the line, the slur, the yeah, the emphasis of why you did that shit, the exclamation marks that you <laughs> mean. Yeah, true. The tactile just, experience, yeah, push, push it against the paper. We're losing it. Mm. But you, you came up during a time when... Um, and and you you were rolling with some of the people who were instrumental in that, I guess New Zealand hip hop sound because yep. you, of course there's emulation and you know that whole kind of um, imitate emulate yep, and, and uh, you know innovate whatever it yep. is. Um, you guys were doing that, but in the I feel like it was the early sort of two thousands. You know you got your chauffeurs, but you've also got um, people yeah other groups coming through. Yep. 
Polynesian mystic. Yes. There were these um, really unique Polynesian mm. pop sounds yep. that was very South Auckland, of course, but uniquely New Zealand, R&B, kind of poly R&B stuff. You were there in that time. Yes. What, what, made, what was it that changed it from the Americanized hip-hop thing? Was it the, the addition of, I guess, church, but the New Zealand, you know, the Samoan versions of church singing? Or, or what, what was it that said that unique flavor of New Zealand that made it unique? So when, when I was thinking I was the only guy that was listening to this, keep in mind my cousins who were like teenagers and going to, sneaking out to parties, they had found a community right of their own right yeah so i was still developing and going wow you know being naive thinking oh, i'm the only guy mm. and then later on seeing other people connecting like catholics that's what i was thinking about churches yeah you had a group of catholics that were rapping as well and then you had mormons that were rapping as well and <laughs> it's like whoa and then all of a sudden we we're all going through the same it's like gangs yeah i was like just literally underst- thinking that yeah, yeah we all understood each other yeah and we felt like we were rebels because people were saying certain shit to us and then we thought like man this is our freedom yeah. this is where we want to go every time we have a bad time at home we come and freestyle and jam mm. and I know and then and, and, and Music and Atsia was, was the was the place yeah I mean that kind of made it official where it was actually wow we have a patch we have a we have a club room right because we were all at the parks or we were hanging out after church yeah going to play touch and Really, everyone's playing touch, and we're just sitting around a table, freestyling, jamming. Yeah. And then thirty years, yeah, OMAC opened up thirty years ago, and then that's where people used to. Yeah, we had a place to go to, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. And so we hung out there, and not knowing that those group of kids will actually be vital um, figures, you know. Yeah. And birthing out the urban, urban side of music for New Zealand. You know? Yeah. And so we had Sisters Underground. Yes, right. Yep. Of course. We had Herman. Yep. You know, we had um, Sunny Sangala, who was De Hamo. Right. So, and then we had the, the awesome Phil Fuimana. Mm, of course. A legendary figure in yeah. South Auckland, Otara, and New Zealand music. Yeah. And yeah. he was doing all the, he was doing the, he was doing the church rock. Right. The gospel stuff. Okay. And then, you know, he slowly tapped into the, because like before us, I got to give homage to the ones before us. Like sure. we were the funk masters, right? We yeah. had Arija. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. had a cool band called the Grease Monkeys. We had oh, yeah. twenty. Uh, we had um, Defection, and like, the funk was always there. Yeah, the funk was always there, no doubt. But we we came with a, a like a like a um, remix of funk mm. because uh-huh. we were doing hip hop, and that's yep. all of James Brown stuff. And okay. you know what I mean, mixing yep. up DJ and Mike. So so we came along, and we were the new kids, and. It was kind of hard because they, and I mean this with the utmost respect because I'm cool with it, they didn't really mentor us. Right. It was right. pretty hard to try hang out those guys. Yeah. But it was so cool. Like M- Mentoring wasn't such a much of a thing back then though, was it? Yeah, well, we didn't really have mentors. I don't think they even knew how to mentor, you know what I mean? Right. They didn't, yeah. It's they, quite they, fashionable now to, yeah, to that's mentor, right. but it wasn't around back then. Yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah I don't think they were they were planning on to do that community kind of service thing, right? No. Right. But they were doing a community service to their families. They were getting paid and feeding their families. Mm. Right. And yes. I remember I remember seeing all these bands and I was so like, man, these are my legends. And then seeing them backstage and I was like, fuck this shit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, all these bands and I just got in and I was underage and I was like, man, I'm listening to Arija, I'm listening. And, and, and because Arija had come out in the mainstream, right? Yeah, I, I felt like other bands because they all knew each other. It was like a, it was like an older generation of us. Right, how we all got together. Yeah, 
and it felt like some I, I felt some people felt a certain kind of way like how the fuck did your band get up there you yeah, know right. We're kicking yeah. but it was so cool and it was so grease type because it was like I'm a better guitarist than you. You can't do this. You know, and I was like, and they were like battling each other. Like, you know, like I came up with this shit. Yeah. You know, like, um, I don't know how far back, I think in Ireland, they, it's a cultural thing, but that was the first time I'd ever seen someone in the 90s, Tina Benioni, like grab, like it's so common now, but the acoustic guitar and drumming and playing. Right. You know? Yeah. Oh, right. But we yeah. had no internet. How the fuck is he supposed to know that that's kind of cultural in Ireland right. or something, you know, right, like, right. the way they're yeah. strumming the guitar. Yeah. All of us are like, the fuck is this right and this is in the 90s and he's doing reggae and he's picking jazz like these guys never went to jazz school but like i said they'll play the vinyl right Mm. yeah but that was their challenge that was their passion yeah because they'd always meet at a night spot and go okay we've got a new song that's like like prince like purple rain yeah you know how the format there where the bands come up they they got a new song to break to the audience yeah they'll be breaking it in the garage parties and stuff so okay. I mean that kind of blew the bubble for me because I thought tattoo tattoo you know that's more like all of us together yeah and I was this little kid and they were nearly fighting at the backstage like fuck you man yeah <laughs> I'm a better bass player than you and I was like Wolzers so that kind of made me like uh, I do not want to hang out with these guys yeah no. right. it doesn't sound fun it no. wasn't fun no uh, everyone was alphas there was a lot of alpha males in there right and so yeah. I kind of thought turned around to to the boys and said. Let's just do our own little thing. And yeah. plus they were turning. I was like, you little shits. You think you guys can come in, take over this hippity shit? And then I was like, oh, <laughs> hippity okay, shit. Yeah, all right, we're out yeah. of here. <laughs> right. And they were right too. They're like, you American wannabes. But I was like, man, funking from New Zealand. But, oh, yeah, exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. And then, but what happened was it was taken in those kind of hotbeds of yeah. um, music in South Auckland and made into a unique sound, which was you could listen to it anywhere in the world and go, that's the poly funks that's the New Zealand version yeah. of hip hop or of R&B yeah. you know so what, what what came about with that was like we were so Americanized we were Malcolm X blah 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 um, we were the only one with access to, to kind of like record um, I mean that Omeg place have had a lot of managers as you, you all know <laughs> and so uh, a few guys were pretty I won't name any but a few guys were pretty um I mean that's a lax with the rules. Yeah, well the the word reciprocal is dead to Auckland Council, bro. I mean that that we milked that. So we were like these little kids. We were like these young fellas, you know, like ten, eleven, twelve, and the manager at the time would, would probably go, "Hey, go sweep out the leaves, and um, I'll give you time on the drums." Right. Or go clean the toilets, you know, or or teach in the summer. Yeah. And we'll reciprocal. You, you reciprocate, and you can go play guitar and all that stuff. But that's where I really learned how to play the guitar. My first song I ever learned in my whole life was Johnny um, Johnny Be Good. So right. rest in peace. Oh, rest in peace. Yeah. Rest in Berry, peace yeah. to the legend. Yeah. Um, yeah. That shit like that really gets to you. Eh? That's how yeah. you know you're getting old, eh? Because you're oh, like, yeah. fuck. Yeah. I think once Harrison Ford goes, that's it, man. I, I'm officially you're old. Done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stay alive, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, when he when he when he when he died when he died uh, in the new Star Wars movie. Oh yeah, I right. was like, "Fuck, I'm old." <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's over. That, so that give and take thing, um, I, I found is a very kind of South Auckland thing. Oh well, it's a, it's it's something that happens in tight knit communities. Let's put it that way. Has to. And it, 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 exactly, it has, has to, to right? And so, do you feel like that? Um, that's what's missing and again we're going back to that kind of um, me generation me it's all about me the selfie generation whatever you want to call it where that sense of community no longer exists yeah or or is it is it manifesting in other ways 
probably is and yeah. it's probably debatable too it's up for debate to be honest right I just depend it depends on the four walls like the household you live in eh? right that's yeah. what I always 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 believe in eh? that's my goal is to make sure that my kids grow up and to serve the community by going being good people mm. Mm. Yeah. because back in 2005 there was a murder in in South Auckland yes, there was and you were you were picked up or you were asked or was it you personally or there was a group of you asked to put together a bit of a youth task force to try and yes. quell some of that shit tell us about that yeah so oh i remember the thing we were supposed to talk about we haven't finished that but oh, this yeah. okay i went online I, I never wasn't familiar online okay the night before the night before i was i was about to was it the night before no i just threw it out there one day i just said you know fuck it i've been i've been uh i nearly got signed up by r kelly in 94 mm. i'm gonna go do it again but see, in 94, I was still a teenager. Right. I found my own airfare. You see where I'm going with this? Yeah, yeah. I found my own airfare. I was a do-it guy. I've always been a do-it, do-it myself guy. Yeah. Yep. Independent thinker. Yep. And I'm still that guy today. And this is how I smashed the youth today. You know what I mean? Like, there's no fucking excuse. Absolutely. Yes. So, 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 so what I'm saying is, I, I did it in 94. And then again, I just felt like, man, fuck this shit. I'm going to do it again. If no one's going to help me around here, mm. or people are trying to do me over... Like, yeah. I got offered 15 grand. Like, what's 15 grand? Man, my bro down the corner makes 30 grand. Right. Through drugs. Yeah. Uh, people try to lure me in. Like, 15 grand just a single hook. If I think about it now, I, I would probably would have taken it. Mm. If you could do it, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Everything, everything's changed if you now. Could do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> ten, 10 hooks in a year, you're set, right? Yeah. yeah. If yeah. I could, yeah. If I thought about it better now, because, it, because like, you're right. It, it was people from my neighborhood that had now crossed over to the mainstream. Mm-hmm. And they were sort of being groomed by the white collar boys. Yep. And when you're getting groomed up there, you you now know how much gold and diamonds there in South Auckland, right? Yeah. Because the mindset's different. Mm. Yeah. Now you're like, "Fuck, I'm gonna lead the blind big time here, yeah, man." Yeah. And I'm yeah. gonna clip my ticket. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna milk it for the twift, right? Yeah. And I already knew that because I'm from the streets. Mm-hmm. So when they come and give me the fifteen grand, there's always a sense of paranoia, right? Mm. Because I'm not into publishing yet. I've, I know about it. Yep. I don't know details about it. I know how the labels give you a lawyer, but it's the same lawyer with the label. You know, like, <laughs> I know all of that, but I didn't know at the time detail. I just had a gut feeling. Yep. And I was like, I'm not going to take this 15 grand. I feel like I'm selling my soul to the devil because yep. I don't know much. And that's always that's what I've always been about. Yep. If it makes sense, dollars, and, if it makes sense, then I'll do it, right? Yeah. If it doesn't, I'll hold back. Right. Chess. Yep. Chess at, at its finest, right? right. Yeah, sure. Back. Suss out the moves, suss yeah. out the avenues. Strategy. Yeah, strategy. So, yeah. so. Uh, Do you feel like you were overlooked by the local music industry or, or you, did it bypass you in a way? Or did you choose not to be involved? Man, I tried. Like, yeah. if, if, you, if you're saying America, you gotta, you got to make it somewhere and yeah. then start the stepping stone approach, start the mm-hmm. progress. Yeah. yeah. So, of course, I wanted to keep New Zealand as the market right yeah but it was just I don't know a very famous prominent figure in the New Zealand music industry I met him at Capitol Records and how did I end up in Capitol Records yeah right in LA and and I'm not known here you see what I'm saying yeah like I've seen a lot of shit and I've been in a lot of situations where people would be like what a life but it's not enough for me right (laughs) it's like yeah but that's not making it like we've talked about yeah yeah yeah, sure in New Zealand, but yeah, that's not a stadium. But know? in that way, yeah. you did your own thing anyway, mate. You've you've released your own albums with yep. Sidel. Yep. You, you guys have been together as a group mm. for what, two decades now. Yeah, 
if not so, more. So to lock everything up, that 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 group of kids ended up creating and Phil, all of us connecting. Like Phil had seen the need. Yeah. Because it basically was like a mentor and a youth leader, right? Yeah. I didn't know Phil properly. I only knew Phil based on a connect. Mm. So the Sisters Underground. Sisters Underground did um with uh, Andy, right? Was it Alan? Alan Jensen, right? Um, mm. <clears throat> Sisters Underground did in the neighborhood. In the neighborhood, yeah. Oh, right. yeah. But they wanted to go higher education, so they, they got a scholarship to go to America and, and, and study music in, in college and university, mm, right. right? So so there was a vacant space. And I, and I remember, I remember clear as day, you know, like after hanging out at the trap house or the tinny house, you know, with the boys in there, and mm. I remember them. And I'll, I'll never forget those certain type of people because they... I never forget those moments, mm-hmm. and I remember at the time I didn't I didn't translate it, what the, how they were approaching me. But when I look at it now, they were trying to help me. Yeah, right. So I remember them trying to wake me up. I like, get your lazy ass up, man. It's one in the afternoon. I'm like, yeah, get out <laughs> of here, man. I just climbed through my window, you know. Yeah. But right. my parents were very open because my parents were very community. They had a lot of different people when I grew up, and I only found out later. Like people used to sleep at our. I used to always think these were all my cousins and uncles. Yeah. But it was a Maori fellow here and you weigh in. So they were very open anyway. So my friends would actually like girls because it's very very like in Samoan custom. Uh-huh. Right. Like at the time growing up, like no girls are allowed in guys' rooms. There. Right. Yeah. Right. But my my mum was pretty hip. You know what I mean. Okay. So they were pretty, so my those my girl mates would come and wake me up and they, out of nowhere they said we're going to America and I was like man I'm happy for you guys hugged them and they said but there's an available spot on the proud tour and we have negotiated with Phil and them that you go and audition right because you're either gonna die yeah just sitting here doing nothing or you're gonna get up and try and I was like man fuck that shit I ain't gonna do that right you know that's why being stubborn stubborn. oh because I had gone through everything so it was like I did the I did the the American it's it's hard at the time I'll get it right but yeah like I said, the pressure's there. It was yeah. just probably an off day. Right. Off right. day for me, right? Mm. But you felt like it, it, you weren't getting where you wanted to go and, and you were like, you talked about that guy. Yeah, that this, this was the start though. This was the start before everything happened for right. me. Right, okay. I was just still this local kid that everyone heard about. Right. The kid that used to jump out of the windows to go join his cousins and we used to have parties and that's when the freestyle sessions used to happen. Ah, uh, yeah. And okay. I'd go and start rapping on the mic and then sing, doing my Michael Jackson shit. And, yeah. And they'd be like, Where's this kid from? But mind you, I was already like five something, you know. Like I, I looked old for my age, right? You know, right. I was built like a like an um, like a rugby player. Mm. So they never would have thought, oh, this is a real young little. This kid should still be at at, at home because he's at intermediate. Yeah, yeah right. right. <laughs> yeah. So years on, we finally get our, our opportunity, and the sisters underground girls, Brenda and Hasana, gave me this opportunity, and it was like right in the last minute. I didn't turn up to the audition, but right in the last minute, there was a domesticated, uh, there was a domestic situation that happened at my house uh-huh. where my dad and I, because me and my dad never saw eye to eye, mm. and that was, you know, just wiped off the blood off my nose, and I said, fuck this shit, I'm going for Going on the Proud Tour. Yeah, going on the Proud Tour. <laughs> right. So I walked in, auditioned, I thought I was shit because Phil didn't say anything, walked out, I think they had a wow moment. Ran out and got me and said, "You only got a few hours. You, you need to go pack your stuff." Shit. I actually jumped on with what I had. Right. Told my mom. My mom, because we don't live far from Omek. Yeah. So it was just a walk, probably like a five minute walk from where I stayed. Right. And my mother came and saw me off, and I jumped on the bus and um, broke into every shop. 
Got my suitcase, got my clothes, got my <laughs> all of those. Th- you went. Pe- you, oh, that's so you how went you shopping. Pack. Yeah, I went. I went community. I went hunting. Yeah, bargain hunting. Hunting and gathering. Yeah, hunting and gathering in the tour. Is there, the a, tour. is there a statute of limitations on the crimes? <laughs> yeah, You're not admitting. So. To I'm a just crime glad there was no security. No, no, there's no security cameras there. I think I got can't prove it. Yeah, can't prove Allegedly, it. Allegedly, Salvation into- Army were giving free stuff away. You know, <laughs> every store was just a Salvation Army store. Isn't yeah. Uh, and so, because the the prior tour went up and down the country, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Yeah. It did. It went down South Island first. Now you got to imagine that's forty kids that have never. I, look, and then I'll tell you something. I grew up in the South Island, and there weren't a lot of Polynesian people around know. in Christchurch. I don't, and, and it's, I don't see if I look if if, if I was if, if we were presently there at that time, you would have had an. I would have I would have caught a case of like man, fuck those people, man, racist motherfuckers. Yeah. But you got to understand also that that's like plunk. Here's yeah. some Polynesians out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, ah, uh, I mean, I get it, man. It was a massive, it would have been a massive culture shock. But how did it work? I mean, was t- there must be some wicked stories. Oh, bomb threats. Um, what, wait, what? Yeah, man. Like, fast at, at gigs, bomb threats. Or hotels and shit. Yeah, gigs. We had to, we had to, we, we couldn't do gigs. Um, we've, we've had, um, uh, what are they called? White, not white supremacists, but what are they, what are they labeled here in New Zealand? Yeah, um, yeah, the extreme ones, eh? Yeah, the Harris boys down in the South Island. I know about oh, those they, guys. they don't know about us, bro. They yeah. were all they traveled everywhere we went. Like, oh, they would have had chapters, right? Neo Nazis. Yeah, yeah, they're all waiting right. for nationalists. Us. They're yeah. all waiting for us, man. No shit, throwing bottles, shit, everything like that. Like, what I'm what, what? I'm telling you right now has never been told before because I've I've actually been in the process of trying to grab all who's left to try to agree because you know I'm into film now, right? Yes. And it's yep. time we need to do a biopic. And I want to be fucking controversial because I'm not being, I'm being truthful. Yeah. I felt like, I felt like New Zealand music industry shit on us. Right. It's the untold history. Right. Yeah. Because it doesn't make sense. You're like, you go look at Nisha Mystic, right? Yeah. You go as far as Dawn Raid, but we were before Dawn Raid. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, where's that history? Yeah. Yeah, true that. You know, like all my friends I feel for, I didn't give a fuck about the history in, um, uh, lately at the museum. I didn't give a fuck. Because, right, yeah. You know the history, when the they volume, said, yeah, uh, exhibition. That, that exhibition. I didn't give a shit because I haven't arrived yet. Right. So I see it as a way, like I use all dinosaurs. That's history. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not on there because I'm going to be in the next ten, twenty years. Right. So that's how that's my thought process. Well, but that, the ones like my bro that had the situation of Eminem and them, yeah, because they were part of the proud tour. Right. And there's there's only a little bit. I mean because. They didn't, I don't think there was enough information set because there was a lot of scandalous shit that happened. That's why. Right. That's, that's okay. why. That's why you don't want to shit too much light so on it. So is it going to be a road movie about the proud why tour? Not? Fucking great call. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Yeah, love it. Why not? But it, yeah. it, it, we were we were working on it like two years ago, and it's a long process. Yeah. Because you got to deal with the. I don't. They the people that I was working with said that they had spoken to the Fuimana family. Right. Like to me, it's history. How the fuck, like, this is what I found out. How the fuck, everyone rips everyone off. Like, how are you going to plonk, like, a million dollars on someone's lap? Like, lottery winners, right? Yeah. How are you going to put, like, $12 million on their lap and they've been fucking scrambling around for pennies? Yeah, It yeah. just, the cult, it just, they're going to either be broke or be miserable, right? Yeah, yeah and most of the time they are. Yeah, and that's what happens yeah. with every person at every level and job description, right? Mm. Yeah. From working, like, a $20,000 a year job and all of a sudden you're a vice president or something and you've got 200 thousand dollars your salary it's like fuck, yeah. you, you want to stay there right yeah, yeah. so oh. there was dealings where the higher end that were responsible for the proud tour got a whole heap of fucking money mm. 
that was supposed right. to be for per diems, accommodation, and we're sleeping in the bus. Right. We and we're starving. We haven't eaten for three fucking days. Oh Jesus! Like and this was, is not an uncommon story, but exactly, way. exactly. Yeah. But yeah. for us islanders, we're like, what the fuck's going on here? Yeah. But we didn't. Yeah. That's why we <clears throat> went and self-served ourselves. All <laughs> oh, right, okay. <laughs> you know, the Salvation Army, and then yeah, yeah in quotes. Here. But I was the head. I was the guy that came up with the idea. Now keep in mind, that's me when I was a kid. Right. So survival mode mm. so you took your music on the road and you took your crime on the road no <laughs> survival mode the it crime tour because I yeah of course it. yeah but because literally you were surviving because you weren't being given what was owed to you or due to you while yeah. you're on tour and I never did that shit at home right right you know what I'm saying but I'd been around it yeah you know my cousins were thugs uh, and I mean like they, I, I saw survival from that yeah. yeah and then I put it I put it to the test when I'm being backed in the corner, mm, when mm. I've got no clothes, when I'm feeling hungry, because mm. I was, I just had a plan to go, oh, I'll borrow your, not your undies, but I'll borrow your, your shorts, <laughs> borrow your hoodie for the gig, right? Yeah. But then I saw something, and this is, this is the plain truth, and this is why I'll probably get dogged, but you can't deny the truth. My group, I felt like, I've, I, even to now, I still have a chip on my shoulder, right? Right. Because the way that I was inducted in the crew, I didn't have a song out. Yeah. I had a song in the Proud album, yeah. but I had left that group. So I was a singer-songwriter. Right. And because I had this whole image of an artist, like the artist, like, well, I don't want to be, I don't want to make it. And then someone say, oh, you were formerly from this little group. Yeah, like, I right. want to make it like my first hit and I'm that guy, right? Yeah, right. So I actually left the group and before they recorded, I said no. And so they had, they had fill-in rappers and singers on the song. Sing your song. And the group was called Dinave. So I technically had to start again with me, David Latour and Bobby Owens. Oh yeah, a, a country kid that was so good at adapting eh, and imitating. Like he could croon, he could hit high notes. Like when he used them, I was like, "We need that guy." <laughs> right. I saw him jamming at home and I said, "We need him in our team because he can he can do the first tenor. I can do, I can do mid ten, bro. You can do the baritone." Yeah. So, like literally, when we went in, I always had a chip on my shoulder because I never thought holiday. It was holiday mode for everybody. For yeah. me, it was my ticket out of here. Yeah. Right. So yeah. what we did was we fucking, we were practicing anyway. Right. Before this whole audition thing happened. We would yeah. practice like every night at Bobby's little shack. And yeah. he was the first guy that I ever knew about Korgs. Like he had this Korg and had a MIDI thing and we were making beats on it. So we were doing slow jams. Our influences were Jodeci and all that. Right. And we were sounding like those guys, like to the T. Like yeah. we would imitate. And so no one knew what we would grind, like our, our 10,000 hours, that no one knew we were doing it. So now you can understand when we went and did the audition. Yeah. I think Phil, and I could say this because De Hamon and them would probably, would definitely back me up as right. R&B singers. Yeah. I could honestly say he was like, holy shit, who are these fucking guys, man? And yeah, not where did they honest. come from? Yeah, and there was a lot of debate, but I got to thank Phil. Phil, Phil fought for us. I, I'm, I'm assuming he did because those guys who had the budget would think, that's just more mouths we have to feed. Yeah, right. Like, fuck them. Yeah. But Phil saw, like, no, we need these guys. They color. So what had happened was, well, when we first, I remember getting a Nelson, right? <laughs> and um, everyone had been partying the night before. We didn't. So I was I was sort of like a guy with the the heavy hand, you know, like I was the, I was the, I was the boring guy. Oh, yeah. But that was the role I had to do in order to get out. And I was like, we're not drinking with them. We're not partying. We're going to get these songs right. So the night before... The night before the gig, we were already rehearsing and now here's I said, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that. So I went and spoke with the the the, the engineer, the guy that were doing the lighting in it, and yeah. I was having meetings with them. Right. Because I was designing my set. Right. right. 
course. I said, I would like for this song, I would like the smoke screens to come out. I would like blue to come out, please. And the, so I was designing all that the night before. Come to the show, bro. We it was like our own show. Everyone else was just standing there, the normal lights on, and they're just performing, <laughs> like, like you're performing at a at, at a town hall, right? And, and it all makes a difference, eh? It, it all gives a complete different uh, feel to it. Yeah. Well, we did lately, right? We did lately. So Stevie Wonder. So we started off with the stalls. Oh man, that song's amazing. Yeah. So we did yeah. that smoke screen spotlights yeah. every time someone sang. Like it was so fucking technically choreographed, right? Yeah. And I remember that night, man. I remember like Phil nearly throwing a chair across the room, <laughs> like blowing all these guys. I'm like, you fucking got songs on the radio and blah, 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 and these nobodies. And then we were. Yeah. Like sure. They just came out and no one showed you fuckers out, mm. man. That's it. No one's going to eat. We didn't really eat that time, but no one's going to eat. We're going to rehearse. And I remember that whole night we were sleeping, watching videos. <laughs> and they were all rehearsing and then all of a sudden they were like can we get tips so I started going yeah holy shit so what I ended up doing on the tour was like I started choreographing every act and made sure everything blended and then I also put some sense into it I was like well you could actually have us as extras because you won't have lights on us if we dress a certain way we right. could all be fucking backup dancers for you guys and yeah. right. we could be rappers for you guys so it ended up being like this one big stage production type of thing right yeah now remember and this was happening on the road yeah while you were on the and this is how talented the guys were that is a movie right there I know there's a movie <laughs> and this is how talented the guys were like we picked it up yeah. and it was an amazing show bro mm. like Fuck. every place we went to but if you were from outside looking in you would probably see me as a outgoing guy and very loud laughing but I was all about the work and yeah. it's, it can be misinterpreted yeah like, well something you said a, a minute ago fascinates me because I said I often say a similar thing is that everyone's on holiday and you were there to work and I feel that is is common in our industry is that <clears> a lot, a, to a lot of people music is a hobby it's a sideline thing you yeah. know they've got multiple agendas in their life and it's like they're like weekend it's, weekend musicians sort of thing yeah. I'm sure that exists in the movie world as well and one of the questions I had for you, with, you know, with the um, with Groove City, is uh, that must have been an issue, right? Like, you know, you're pulling in the local community, and you're dedicated and want to make this film and make the statement. Mm. And you've, I'm sure, you've got a mix of some people who are right behind you and other people who are just turning up. Yeah. So how yeah. do you deal with that? You actually, you actually work on their strengths. Yeah. Yeah. See, doing Promote doing strengths, that was right. actually yeah. That all all of a sudden now you're this guy who can kind of interpret their background what their strengths are yeah what time yeah. they get tired yeah when this dude gets hungry but it's frustrating right when you're dealing with someone who's complacent it'll, it'll, or they're just fucking sure. around like, sure. come on man but it's that it's that thing to win yeah, yeah. man it's that fucking inner design oh, you've, like, you've got to make that film that would be an amazing film just change the name don't call it proud to or yeah just change it to something else and then change the names of the other people yeah can i play um, a bar owner and uh, a, a white a angry bar, bar owner. owner yeah i want them to come to my bar <laughs> Well, this is how it works. You ask them, we might as well be in it. Yeah, I want to be in it. Yeah, totally. Be a DJ. Because we didn't even get onto the fact that um, that you're a a musician and you're a filmmaker. You've made you've you've made your own feature length film, and we could which in itself is astounding, by the way. You know, the fact that you've come up with this idea and brought the whole thing to life and and written it. We're not even talking about. I mean, this is another film. We're not talking about this one. We're talking about is a new concept you're thinking of doing. This other film is something that you've spent five or six years putting together and making. As you say, it's an astounding um, yeah. uh, achievement. There are plenty of, peop- of people out it? there. You've seen it. Abel? I've seen it twice. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, thank yeah. you. Bobby. There are plenty of people out there who do, you know, a little 
like a few things here and there or or start stuff and don't finish them but to to you know do that whole wide range of things and get the thing done and and get such a great result is amazing yeah i, I just I, the way i see it it's always that i have a template right if i get the gut feeling and it never leaves my head for a few fucking days mm. then you know it's it's but see, like I said, like I've been, I've been in religious industry because <laughs> it is now. It is an industry. Yeah, it is an oh, industry. Oh man, we can talk I've about been that in, too. I've been, I, like I've been in many churches, and I always have my home church because it's my mum and dad's. Yeah. And I always feel a certain way for that church than any other church I've been to, because right. that's where it all started for me. Right. Yeah. And I don't mean like loyalty factor, like because it's my mum and dad. I just felt like. That's where it all fucking started. It's literally, yeah. it's literally a spiritual home. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I've been in a cult status kind of church too. Okay. Now I, I what, think what? I know which oh, one you're talking about. No, no, no. no, 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 no. Too many, there's too many ghosts, right? Yeah, they, they, they work for them, right? They're gonna come. Because uh, when you're talking about gangs and religion before, I was like, well, that's to defining one church. Well, to that's me. too obvious. But anyway, no. <laughs> but that was later. That was later on in my in my years when I you needed more because the original church. They're cool with where they're at. Right. Like, they're spiritual feeding and that's it. And mm. they'll probably be like that. But me, you know, a person like us, we want more. You're like, yeah. I want more, I want more truth. I need to know. Yeah. So then you're thinking, oh, because they got the flashy lights and this church has the flashy lights and the big sound system is concert-like. And they're like, yeah, yeah. let me try that out. Yeah. Now, one thing about their cult status type of church, it just had things in there that to me already felt like, Oh, this is kind of like a cult wheel. Yeah. Am, am I missing a reference? No, no. Here? Are we talking like okay? Um, don't spoil it. Okay. Oh, sure. you can say it. I mean, <laughs> uh, no, I think I think mega churches are all kind of like the same. Right. So we're talking I Pentecostal. Get, I don't want to get sued, but fuck em. Was it? Do you feel like it was your destiny <laughs> to be a part of this church, or or was it? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I thought that's what you meant. What? I didn't mean anything. No, that was a question. <laughs> Why are we afraid of this fucker? You would be afraid of him if you heard of some of the stories. <laughs> nah, it's, we're not afraid. We're just like. Don't promote them. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, don't even right. say anything. Cause yeah, fair enough. Any 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 press is good press for anybody. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. But, 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 but I think they, the new age type churches, they they sort of have the same blueprint. Mm. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of money spent. Right. Let's just say that. Eh? Uh, and it feels like the, Well, where do you stand on religion? I mean, I know that religion is strong in, in your culture, but I know mm. for a lot of... People all over the world, for religion plays different roles. For some, for some of them, it's it's what they actually believe. They believe the Bible literally or whatever. And for some people, it's more just, you know, it's where they where their family is. And I, it's, I just feel like it, I just feel I just feel like as we're the greatest creation ever, humans. Like we can self heal. Mm-hmm. Like there's stuff in mm. like even our brain. Like it's still advanced in the most heaviest computer, latest computer that's out. Like they mm-hmm. still can't. And to comprehend what, what's in our minds, and there has to be a creator, like there has to be a giver of a gift, and I've always believed that. Right. My personal thing. So mm-hmm. it's a definitely a truth thing for you, rather than a yeah, well, rather than the community thing, or yeah, but well, it gets wrapped up in dogma so much that. Yeah. But you've got your own your yeah, own I've, feelings. I found, I found my yes your, truth. your view on yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it makes sense, and especially growing up, like I I, I got hit with uh, two terminal illnesses. You and you had two, yeah. Time. Holy and, shit! And I'm healed. Like I told you, this is we got eight hours, man. Yeah, because <laughs> I've been hit twice, and she'll she'll vouch for it. And and I got healed twice. And one was kind of freaky. Like yeah. it, I felt I heard music and shit, and I was at this rally, and I was like, "Fuck this, man!" And for some reason, that dude kind of like said a few things. Maybe he was just throwing it out there. 
And then another time was... Please tell me it wasn't Benny Hinn. No, it wasn't. Okay. Uh, then, and then another time was um, another time was uh, a few years ago. I had a rare form of kidney disease, but I just went on a juice fast. I just went on a vegan uh, raw right. juice fast. And, and, and so I that... For like 35 days. Yeah, and that stuff reinforces your belief systems, right? Because you're like, that was... Garden of Eden, man. The end. Like the yeah. land. Mm. It's produced from the ground, man. It's yeah. like, hmm... Nice. You know, and then you start finding things out that plants can do the same thing that an antibiotic can do. Or, you know, like, you know, like they all have diff- similar. Yeah, know, marijuana. Like, I mean, let's you, let's just say it out, outright. I mean, yeah, marijuana, the, the medicinal stuff that can literally change your chemical makeup. Yeah, to, the to, proper ones, not the ones that are jacked up right now. Yeah. Mm, but yeah. the proper, the yeah. The mm. natural, the yeah. natural. But less controversial. Ginger or, or um, yeah. uh, what's rosemary. the other one? Yeah, rosemary. Yep. Oh, turmeric, anti, anti you know? cancer, yeah, turmeric. So I yeah. drink a lot of turmeric tea with honey in there. Yep, right. Yeah, but I always have to try put it. But like, it's got to make sense, right? So for yep. me, it's like I love my fucking junk food, as you can see. But I'm like, but I've done that for thirty years. <laughs> right. Change. Yeah. And that works for me. Right. You see, I mean, you got to find your own. So I find my own little templates. Like, but you've done it for so long, and you—that's you. You're always evolving in music. You're always evolving in creative. Why don't you evolve in your food intake? Yeah. Remember True that, that. yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So uh, I haven't done, I haven't gone to Mac Mac's for like a year, right? So you know, because it works and, for and, me. And, I understand it. Yeah, and I possibly know. next time you like, if there is another time, it'll taste like crap. I think I'd probably get sick. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. That's what I'm like now with with that kind of stuff. It's yeah. like to me, it just tastes like being like I'm being punched in the face. I reckon that. <laughs> yeah. Are you a vegan? Uh, no, no, I just, you know, yeah, 10, let, 15 years ago. look for No, 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 I mean, I gave up um, junk food, like fast food. Yeah. Like when I was like 20 or something. I, I was telling my other, why don't we just make our own hamburgers? Yeah, exactly. Just find yeah. organic meat, like yeah. grass-fed meat, put it through the mincer. Yep. Cook your own shit, man. Like at least mm. you know, like just What's fuck, know yeah. what you're putting in your mouth. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I had this girlfriend once, I lived with her and she had a, a little Fiat Uno and um the and it died and she'd bought another car and meant to sell it but never got around to it and parked it in the garage out the back of the house right and um this garage was basically only just standing up and it was damp and it was <laughs> disgusting and no one ever went in there and i think maybe a year passed or something or maybe even longer i can't remember and we hadn't been out there and one day i went out there and and i could see inside the windows of the fiat that the whole thing was completely covered with mold like it was like grass, okay, you know, like yeah. it was disgusting. And we had to get the car out. And um, I, I think we took it to the wreckers in the end, but um, but I had to open the car up. So I wrapped the thing around my face and like opened the thing. And I looked down and there was a McDonald's bag behind the seat. Oh my gosh, here we go. And I was like, holy shit, this is going to be fucking gross, man. And <laughs> so I braced myself with most mushrooms and, you know, and I opened it up and it was a cheeseburger and it looked perfect like you bought it like they bought it that right day. the only thing that was gone was the lettuce but is that the, your aha moment that day my what my, my aha yeah 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 you totally went, yeah exactly I'm like, this, this is not right this yeah, shouldn't this. be consumed by anybody how did it taste <laughs> it was not bad yeah yeah everything tastes good when you're stoned <laughs> <laughs> everything tastes good um <laughs> I, you know you say we probably have got a a lot of uh, probably eight hours of stuff material to talk to you about because of the great um, all of the many things you've done and I wanted to talk about the film about Groove City but I don't okay. know that we're going to give it enough um, justice yeah. in this podcast yeah. so I think we should come back and do so let's just talk about the music and um, so after the Proud Tour you came back okay so and, this is what happens right yep we're getting first hand we're watching for the first fucking time like 
what this genre of music is doing mm-hmm. to the people, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're we're starting to see the power, man. So at the time, I'm just like, okay, we're a team. We're all doing this. We're all gonna go together. We're all gonna get the big houses. We're all gonna get our family. That's my mindset because I've always been the team player, right? Yeah. I've never been an individual sports that mentality of individual sports. That's why I always give props to David Tour. Yeah. I'll just sidetrack for a minute. I had the opportunity from their brother to sing the national anthem, right? Right. I literally got fucking sick. Like at the at the um nauseous and shit at the sound check. Oh no! Because oh, I went into the I went into the ring right, and it was all fast paced, and I was like, "What? You're not thinking, right? You go into the ring, and I go and take a look, and I saw the empty seats, eh? right? And the way it was, it just felt like it was closing in on the ring. Mm. Jesus, yeah. And I just felt like, this is what you see, bro. Right. But with screaming people and fucking absurd, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I started to get sick to him. I was like, dude. What, what do you think the difference was? I mean, you were very experienced on stage. So what? You're having a panic attack or something? With the... Yeah, no, just kind of because I was feeling, because he was making comeback. Right. You know, he was making yeah. a comeback. So and, you knew it was a big moment. And I'm connected with him because, yeah. like you said, I've, I'm, I've been a long, I'm like an old war horse, you know, traveling through. And yeah. like, every day I make a comeback. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> every day I wake up, I'm like, okay, today's the day. Yeah. Good uh, on you, man. I'm going gonna, gonna to get ahead. And, and, but, but in his shoes, like, he has he has to physically abuse his body yeah and and the whole country you know and and he's not and he wasn't a young he wasn't the young david saw yeah and i really felt connected to him but at the same time i i I appreciated his industry that's what it was right right like you know and that's one that that was the i like the cheeseburger yeah that's the moment i stopped talking about my beloved warriors right you know what i mean (laughs) like that's the moment where my commentary from the couch stopped Right. Because I'm like, what the fuck? You know, because we're all abusing the TV. But, yeah. you, you know, I just went, shit. This is real. This, this is fucking do. real. Was this mm. uh, the Shane Cameron fight? No, this was the... Uh, it was a fight. Um, it was uh, American American black guy. Oh. Evander Holyfield? Lin- no, no, this is like Linux. later on. This, yeah, oh, this later. is after Shane Cameron. Right. So he was, oh, making, right. he was making his way. He was making his way oh, to, try, to try to get to the heavyweight title again. Yeah. But once again, management stuff happened and... But he's very happy now, and he he'll probably explain himself if I if I give him the time to vote. But uh, yeah. but sidetrack from that, we we so we were talking about um the after the proud tour, you you guys you were like we can do this, we can bring it all together as a group. Oh yeah, so individual. See, so yeah. now I'm individual. Mm. Yeah, and that's stuff that I've learned, and I don't mean to, mean this in the most. That's why I love why we should be open with culture, uh-huh. because I believe we all grew differently, but we still have a soul. Right. And we care and we love and we, mm. in, a, in a way, but we got to learn from each other. And, yeah. I, and that's one thing I always knew about the Europeans is like, they knuckle down and they make shit happen. And, and, and it's a solo individual quest. Mm-hmm. Whereas we're brought up, it's a group thing. Right. Church, mm. Sunday school kids, like yeah. all of us. Right. You know? Like and we there's all, pros and cons both ways, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. But if we had known that earlier on, would would probably make better choices as well. Interesting. You know, we would yeah. understand and make some other choices on us. So here I am again with the boys going, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, not knowing that money would have divided us. You see what I mean? Ah, mm. yes. Because okay. it's an individual thing. Now yeah. You, yeah, so, yes. So we make this shit happen. And then um, I'm kind of like leading everything, feeding all the boys, helping. And then it stopped, the reality stops for me because a death occurred. 
That's a movie. On the tour. A death happened on the tour. That's right. I remember hearing about that. How Hollywood can you get, right? Yeah. So 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 the death kind of like work work a few things up because the family wanted to know what had happened to their child and that. And yep. what had happened? Well, he drunk. Okay. And we did a sidetrack like we were supposed to. So now I'm playing this role and I'm being like a union worker because I'm speaking on behalf of. And now yeah. I'm doing something where I'm now considered a headache to right. the management team. Right. Because I'm speaking on behalf of. Of the boys, the group, yeah. the musos, and they always come to me because I'm outspoken. Like I've, I've got no worries. How old were you at this point, bro? I was only sixteen. Shit. Shit. Wow. Jesus. And I'm okay. speaking on behalf. Yeah. Like, Fuck me, you. And they're like, man, I don't like this guy. You know, you could yeah. tell because we were sleeping separately. See, we would go into backpackers and find out later that the management team would all be at a five star hotel. No shit. Yeah, man. And we'd be starving, or, or, the... or would or would go and would go and they would buy bulk um, boxes of like baked beans and shit, like big pot, you know, like the old camp, yeah, camp stuff food, eh? like the big tins of baked beans, <laughs> yeah. and we're gonna rip it open, and you're finding out that they're eating at nice restaurants and duck and orange glazing, and and then then D D D being D, my boy, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like he gets in, and I'm like, yeah, that's one for us. Like he gets through <laughs> to that entourage, and then now he's telling me. Yo, we're in spa. We're, oh. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 but um, but because there were an Inyasi who passed away, like yeah. I had another role of looking after these guys because I wasn't kind of old enough to get in the clubs. Right. So we had we had two guys that were younger than us. Right. And right. here we are performing in nightclubs and we're like buzzing out. And we're like, fuck, kids at our school, their their yeah. lives are shit right now. <laughs> we're to living that. it, man. We're yeah. Living, yeah. And so we were stay home we would stay in our motels <clears throat> but we'd be getting away with a little shit too but we're having out while the guys are drinking all the free alcohol and the you know doing yeah. their thing so that that's why i stayed i stayed for those two right but i had an opportunity to also uh jump to the dark side nah <laughs> <laughs> i don't think it was that it was just to jump to prosperity but i felt like d was doing it and he was making it up for me yeah because i knew d was eating and right. enjoying the lifestyle so i was like mm, yeah, yeah do you so we'd always meet in the day, like everyone would jump on the bus, but at night would be split. Like, it's like a class war or class kind of separation, yeah. eh? Yeah, it was like, and then you could see because everyone looked healthy and happy and we were the, looked like we were famine. You know? Yeah. Because <laughs> we were looking like normal tour life, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. normal tour life, not having a shower and shit. These guys looked all fresh every morning. and Yeah. And so uh, this was an opportunity because they had to cut the budget and this was their way to get me out. So I remember that day, and it was a very, very dark day. I remember I was, and back then, man, when you're offered like two grand, that's big, man. Oh, yeah. Monies. So totally. we were all um, promised um, a pay packet. And I remember when, I remember clear as day when I had to go to the, like a board meeting with all those guys and filling them over there and all the artists on this side. I don't know what it's about. I go sit there, and it's like a little court case, you know? And there's like a list of all the shit that was happening. Because remember, remember, mind you, remember we were, we were separated during the night? Yeah. So they, yeah, we were getting, we were trying to survive. We were just breaking into things because we were trying to eat. So they collected all that information and I was the the fall guy. Oh, no shit. Yeah, and I remember sitting there and I remember clear as day, like looking at all of them and all of them like turning, like looking away, like none of them wanting to look at me. And uh, all those guys because they they try to stay on the tour because yeah. we had already done the south side we did the southland league yeah and they were about to do the northland league right all right and then they were added i think they were mentioned it was mentioned that they were given more money you know 
hey, we can further, we can add some more shit on your wages if you just sign and everybody sign and agree that um, he was the culprit and he was the guy that organized everything. And right. He, he strategized everything, which I did. But that survival, you were trying to survive. Oh, and they, they know, because today they love me. Is yeah. that, you know, like, and that was the time I isolated myself. And I remember, because the worst part was I came with my mum. And my mum was pretty cool because she, her, her English is pretty up there, man. Yeah. But she never, she never speaks out too much because she doesn't want to undermine my dad. Right. That's my dad. That's the character, man. His, his, <laughs> his English is broken, man. But he, 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 he never gives up. And so that's why my mum hardly spoke in public. Right. Because it's a cultural thing. And she doesn't yep. want to undermine her, man. Yeah. But I remember that day when she went on her knees, bro, and cried out to everybody and Phil and all those that were involved it wasn't necessarily Phil it was that management team yeah. and um, her begging to at least take a thousand or five hundred or would take a hundred but I just remember grabbing her telling her in Samoan eh, like get up yeah. and don't ever cry like that to those men ever again yeah. I said unless you're burying your father yeah. right That's the only, oh I feel like emotional man. yeah man yeah. I can I tell said, like, don't, yeah. ever, don't ever do that You the only, only man you're going to cry for is your father mm. Yeah. and I said I promise you I'll get them back that was the gangster in me. And then I remember, I remember giving me chills. Yeah, I remember grabbing you and I was walking out and I turned to them and I said, I remember this to the day I die. And I just remember all of them. And these are all guys that were big in the New Zealand industry now and they were just like walking away. So that happened. I got shut out from that. So while they were enjoying the success, what really hit the fan is I met the guy who, um, let's just say, was part of signing Phil. And this is why I want to say it. It's not about what I went through, it's about them not acknowledging because if we had got it our way bro yeah i think we'd be living in Herne bay right now right i think uh, I'd, right. if we had capitalized on the culture that we had birthed yeah and we had got this we had you know we've got to re-educate ourselves and stuff but yeah. if we had the right people to support us and help us in the business side yeah, I I feel I wouldn't be in the financial position I am now today. Right. And I would, yeah, but what had happened was, I mean, the smart business guys had seen it. They seen a movement about to erupt, mm. like a Motown movement kind of thing, eh? Yeah. And they said we need to divide that. And in gang warfare, you always go for the leader. Yes. Yeah. It's the same thing in biblical terms. Divide and conquer. Yeah. You get Goliath, everybody drops their nuts. Right. You take the head of the giant, right? So um, that's what happened. They approached our main guy yeah offered him a few lollies and that's how I felt like he but you gotta watch I gotta watch what I said because I don't want to be taken wrong like he did the right thing he had to do for his family yeah 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 but what what my bro told me today like he wasn't the one and even till today they always say to me you're the one it wasn't him to lead the movement right 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 okay it's you and I've always been their guy to deny that shit. Because right. I'm always about... I like putting people in the place. Yeah. Yeah. You're a facilitator. Like a fixer. Yeah. I have a, I have a hat for fixing shit. And yeah. I don't want to be that guy because I just want to sing and then get paid and do my thing at that time. Yeah. So the big dog takes the contract. And I, saw, I knew how much it was because I spoke at Capitol Records with the guy. And oh. I'll tell you guys offline. Yeah. But um, with the guy that told me that he, you know, he was a part of it and how much he took it for crumbs. And the fact that, yeah, we'll fucking say it. The fact that they had a budget of two million, that's unheard of, right? Yeah. Holy that's shit. how you know how important this fucking thing was, eh? Right. Because yeah, right. that's what I thought in my head when he told me, bro. When yeah. he told me that they had, they had 
a minimum. They had a minimum, minimum, not max. Like the minimum was two million. Yeah, I knew straight away you fucked us over, bro. Yeah, I mean I, I knew no, not fucked us over. Well, eventually it happened, but I knew straight away. That's how big they knew this shit was gonna be, right? Yeah, right. For him to, but he they didn't even offer that. He asked for something else, you know. And that, that 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 was crazy, and he thought it was a joke. But right. it wasn't. It wasn't the fact that it was um, detrimental to the bro's legacy. Yeah, you just gotta see it from his eyes, bro. Yeah, he right. wanted the dream car. Right, like there was a dream car. He's like, give me the dream car, and we'll sign and we're cool. Yeah, and then they're like, okay, put the check away. <laughs> You know what I mean, eh? Because, Jesus. I mean, that's what... You're looking at the latest car. Yeah. And you're like, really? Anything? And they're like, anything. Hmm. Okay, I want this by 12 o'clock. And then... Oh, yeah, I'll sign it. Holy but they, shit. But they had other agenda. When he told me that, I was like, dude, I know we should have been at Heron Bay by now. Or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. And well, that's this has what been happening for the longest time from in the music industry, yeah. doesn't it? I mean, the whole thing in the 60s of, of them signing like 18-year-olds. Yeah. And they'd go on to become some of the biggest bands in the world. But they signed ridiculous contracts because they didn't know any better. Yeah, that's So right. a lot of the industry was driven by capitalizing on ignorance and the lack of transparency. True that. You know, and so, it's been yeah. a worldwide phenomenon. Yeah, it could have been yeah. luck. And- but now it's changing. You know, yeah. that's that's the interesting thing that's coming out of all of the technological changes and cultural changes. And this is what I was saying. We've always been, I've always been independent and I had a mm. group of guys. So on the tour, you knew the guys that would 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 go two separate ways in the industry. Yeah. You knew the independent thinkers, mm. you know, built from within. Yeah. And you knew the guys that wanted to jump and which was both fine. Yeah. So what had happened was when that split happened, when I got casted out, my boys... The guys that I've long left friends with now stood up as well and right. find out that they didn't sign it and they were like, We're coming with you, bro. Yeah. So that was the birth right. of the OMAC stuff. Right. Okay. That's when that crew stayed at OMAC and we did all the underground shit and right. and then then those guys went on to the mainstream and that was all cool. But the whole Proud Tour thing was everyone was doing American shit and we like sit back to the Malcolm X stuff and then I went to the library. Yeah, Samoan history and then I saw some deep shit there you know when New Zealand took over Samoa yeah right the plague the the... fucking okay so that that story I heard that too and that I I felt shame you know that they they it was shipmaster led a ship and that had influenza on it and it was purposely released they were purposely released and it wiped out half of the population of Samoa there were bodies the villagers used to carry out the bodies of the chiefs and members and leave them on the side of the road so that a you a truck a you could just drive on the road and like drive around there'll be I mean, that's the equivalent grabbing, what, what kind of year is this this is like way uh, pirate ship days 1800s yeah, yeah. This is, that's genocide yeah and they grab they'll grab they'll grab the bodies and load them up and did a mass grave on it but then uh, an underground movement happened in there and yeah. it was called the mole and those guys were secretly educated but they were they were making things happen you know of course mm. there was um um, what do you call it when you oh, I forgot the word but you know genocide eh yeah mm. oh like um, you know raping women and impregnating you know right. like yeah, mixing, right. mixing race and shit oh and, yeah breeding, uh, breeding yeah, yeah. Out, all, all yeah, that yeah. shit was happening and they did a march and um, it went violent it was a it was a non-violent march protest and the New Zealand cops opened fire and um, the prince and that was the last royal member of our the link of our family of mm. the Samoan people and he went out and his name was Tupo Tamasese and that was the prince and he told and his his speech is, is now like cult it's like religious in Samoa and he told our people to not fight 
put the you know put the weapons down and mm. they shot him to bits and he died and before he died he said no one's fighting anymore and I think that kind of changed everything and we got we were it led to our independence yes from yep. that and when we read that we were like shit we don't have to do the we don't have to do Malcolm X anymore right and that was the start of Polynesian hip hop. And right. I don't give a shit whoever's going to say that to me. i got to give credit to Upper Posse. They were the first to come mainstream. And yep. those are the, bo- the boys, the bros that did Air 2 and that. So hip-hop was already on, but I'm talking about South Auckland. Yeah. Hip-hop. That Polynesia. sound that we're known for. Yeah. Yep. And that's where it birthed out. And all of us started studying it, finding new beats, started adding the the um, uh, an instrument in Samoa called the Bake. Oh, the drums. Yeah, right. We started implementing that into our hip-hop beats, which was unheard of, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then King Kapisi... He was picking it up himself too. Like he was getting his own evolution of being a Pacific Islander rapper. Yeah. Like I think it was a season, a spiritual thing. I think we were always starting to wind off the American kind of influence. Yes. Yeah. Birth into our own thing, and that's yeah. where the Polynesians thing started. Right. And then the Proud Tour happened, and then after the Proud Tour, but this is not years. This was all within months, man. Right. Wow. Yeah. Like this whole thing happened within yeah. months. We found the sound. We we recorded it and then Phil and some some other white brothers came and said we want to do this project. Yeah, Manukau Council got involved and right. we want to take it out there. And shout out to Lynn Brown at the time for Manukau and they funded most of it. Right, but I think everything's in there. I think if you Google, you'll find how much was funded in that. But right, yeah. So long story short, then the split happened. Um, the bro got a distribution deal. UPR was born from UPR. Yep. Dawn Raid was birthed out from that. Oh. Yeah. And that's cool. I'm I'm all for that. That's history in the making. Then Dawn Ray became like the most successful hip hop and R and B label, hip hop label, and selling yep. all those. Yeah. yeah. But it's just the proud tour. Yeah. There's not much said about it. And I and I saw a I don't know what you call these people. They're not like they're like historians. Like right. they kinda of write the hey, everything wrong, man. Like some guy that wrote a hip hop book, eh? Some hip hop magazine. I was just reading, I was like, Man, that's all wrong. <laughs> like who's speaking to him? But then I know that's common now, eh? Yeah, a lot of yeah. You mentioned that exhibition at the museum. Yeah, it seems to be just like a little slice of a convenient part of the history and miss out everybody else. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So that's yeah. So from Proutor to, so now I'm understanding, and so then I did that, and then after Proutor, I was like blackboard. After that, no one wanted to fuck with me, and no one wanted to work with me or do anything. So I just stayed with my crew, and all we did was we learned how to record. Right. Like we started to learn about frequency. Right. And so we were now covering all our bases where the bros weren't. They were just artists. Right. Getting yeah. managed. And and paying a lot of money to be recorded knowing, by other people. Not, not knowing yeah. they were paying the, the dinners and, <laughs> and the travel costs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Costs. Not knowing that all that money is going to come out of their back end. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I know a few guys now who are icons who are still paying off that, eh? You know? Far out. The albums, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of... But for us, it was more like we started investing. We started going to our... Local invest investors at the tinny shops. <laughs> <laughs> we started going to our local investors and saying, "Hey, how about putting ten k in this?" And you and know, it all circles back around. Yeah, and yeah. it was just it was just survival, and we pioneered a lot of shit. Right. So Herman, Herman is our he, Herman. He's a family member, bro. Yeah. We're always gonna be tight. He was over there, but he'll be like, "I'll be back." I'm You're just right, gonna yeah. enjoy the fruits of the shit. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I'll be back. And like you go with five OMC, years, and, then, and then five years later he'll be back, and yeah. we'll be hanging around. He'll, yeah, now I'm gonna throw him under the bus, and he'll be like, "What's the latest shit you're on?" Like, yeah, we're on this, and goes, "Okay, I'll be back. I'm gonna go and take that, and and I'll be the man." With it. And <laughs> yeah, that's what we fair were enough all, too. Yeah. yeah, we were all like that. Like, yeah, 
if, if, if you know you're a creative mind, right? Yeah. Why are you holding on to shit? Yeah. Aren't you always going to be refreshed every day? Yeah. Totally, man. Yeah, you just, if you're a yep. creative machine, you just don't hold anything back. Yep. Especially like, I'll, I'll say it because I've said it before, like the, the, the key word that I used to always say uh, in the song, in, in, in the neighborhood. Have you heard that in the neighborhood song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the key word that comes out of that song? The how right? How right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my word. And they told me, hey, man, we recorded your word. Hey. And I said, yeah. do I get credit for it? And they <laughs> said, oh, no, the engineers in them said not to. And wow. I said, all right, so cool. No, but I just want, see. That's right. That, get, add a word, get a third. You should have got yeah. a third of the, all the royalties. But it was cool. Back then, I was just like, I was so glad the girls were going to get out. Yeah. So that was the mindset. So for some guys, it was all fun and games that time. Mm. Fuck me, it was survival. It was like, this is my chance. I might not get another chance tomorrow. Yeah. But then at that time, you can get the depression because you really believed in a way, fuck that world, that was my only chance. Yeah. And now it's over. Yeah. But yeah. then you start seeing shit like, oh, I really do have that power. Right. That's why I'm always again. That's why when I look at going to school, it's kind of like institutionalized day. Eh? Like, mm. oh, yeah. It's almost like, yeah. yeah. So I started to not believe what this teacher taught me. Yeah. yeah. It was like reprogramming again. Right. So the library thing was a massive thing. Yeah. Because yep. you're starting to see, you see people's history like they're succeeding in life and you're like, hey, that's how I think. Right. Yeah, but he's telling me not to think like that. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I got out of reading autobiographies. Is you, you know, you're yeah. getting into the headspace of these incredible, unique people. You're doesn't not, you're not you, buying into the average. Doesn't you know? it freak you out when you see guys like Hedrix and them, and for like a decade they were just on your poster? Yeah. And then when you start reading the bios, you're like, "Fuck, man, he drank like me." <laughs> <laughs> it's like a personal, yeah. hey, you're yeah. Like, yeah, oh yeah. shit. I heard about Hendrix that the the whole drug thing was not nearly as 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 intense as people think yeah. and that, in fact he was a very dedicated and professional oh, musician big time yeah yeah, yeah. well uh, yeah we really did our craft this this gigs that my lady would tell me that we were so off our horse because we became alcoholics like i used to drink 40 ounces every day jesus she can testify to that yeah yeah that was part of the first problem it was my liver right and i wasn't 21 hey jesus was, they were saying you're gonna be dead by 21 and then mm. that spiritual thing happened yeah. But then something happened, and that's another time. We could probably, I'll probably yeah. come twice. Yeah, the I think so. The second time will be the movie, and then <laughs> yeah, the yeah. third time will be about aliens and yeah. Yeah, man. spiritual. Yeah, oh, man. I just wanted to mention, and we probably couldn't go deep enough into it, but, you know, Sadell winning the Pacific Music Award, um, that, that's probably a whole other story, too. That, uh, big ups to you guys. That's a fantastic um, achievement. What's next for you? What are you doing now? What are you working on, apart from the biopic, which I definitely want to see? Oh, but so that was another another interview, eh? Yeah, yeah, of course. Because it just yeah, felt yeah. like a rebellious group. Like here's a here's a perfect example. I black I fucking blacked out. Me and me and the bro drank a bottle each, and I remember they were carrying us to the stage, and I remember I I just vaguely remember before I blacked out, I was walking in front of the whole crowd, and I kind of like hopped halfway on the stage, yeah. and I was trying to like lift my leg, and I was in front of the MC. The MC's um introducing us, and here I am a wreck trying to lift my leg in front. So I get on and then I roll myself on there, like lying there. And that's all I remember. And then she tells, like, she's looking at us like, fuck, if only you guys were. And what happened was when the music came on, we were like, we were in the pocket. You snapped into it. We were in there. And then we went in the car and we dived out of the car. Car was on. Car was going around the corner. Hey, we dived out. Out of a moving car? Yeah, because me and Dee had a massive argument. Right. Okay. As you, I yeah. think we're fighting over who, who gets who, to hold the the who, tui or who gets the who gets the weed. This is way before the tui. All oh, right. <laughs> who gets the weed or not? But then we dive out 
and then we're holding our guitars and then we smashed each other on the head with it and then we hopped in the car and then the next day we're laughing and this is like when we're in our 20s right so Sadao right there's a whole different like, yeah. kettle of fish there but winning the toy um, it kind of felt like yeah okay. even though you win it and, and what mm, because yeah. I, I through revelation achieving something why do I need gratification from somebody why do yep. I need affirmation from somebody good question to tell me why does any of us something yeah. you already know yeah, yeah. I, I did the music first and foremost because of the love mm. and to win the award yeah I get it because it opens doors it's their corporate site yeah but I just Sadao man the amount of people that have come through those doors that have done movies <clears throat> see on his wedding <laughs> and had a heart to heart and broken down like so I started end up, so I, that's why the first album was called Soul Finder because mm-hmm. I all automatically started to become this prophet for, for most of the Polynesian musos right. that would come out of nowhere, the woodworks, and sit down and talk about their addictions or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I would just play Sadell. And they'd be right. like, oh, is this coming out? And I said, it's never coming out. You know what I mean? Right. But I felt like I needed to play it for you. <laughs> right. Yeah, because I buzzed out too. It was like our own church. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I yeah. grabbed all that experience from church. Yeah. Man. And you start making your own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah kind of thing. A music pastor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, in a way, eh? sound profit. Sound profit. Sound profit. There you go. Oh, yeah. Sound profits. We sound profit. Uh, yeah. yeah, these are the names. We don't make any profit from sound, but here's the name of the movie: Sound Profit. <laughs> <laughs> sound profits. Hang on, wait a minute. There's something coming here. Here we go. Yeah, yeah there you go. It sounds. If good, it's called it? Sound Profits, then yeah. you and I you can make be it, in it. You make a sound profit from <laughs> doing this. <laughs> so sorry for taking over the show. Man. No, all good, man. This has been brilliant, and it's been great talking to you. I so thank you so much for for agreeing. It's been really awesome. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Thanks very much, man. Yeah, cheers. Awesome, guys. Love your work. Thanks to Pile and Nelly for for agreeing to be a part of this. It was really, really enlightening, and there's a lot more to talk about. Yeah, we'll do a part two for sure. No doubt, all part three, four, and five. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So thank you very much. Yeah, thanks to Pile for you know opening up like that and to make yourself vulnerable like that is, is cool. Also, the episode wouldn't be possible without our um, incredibly supportive sponsors. So thanks again to Stonefield Bases, www.stonefieldmusic.com, to Nick Portman and his new studio, www.nickportman.productions, with two O's, and also thanks uh, uh, hugely to The Big Idea, who who have partnered up with us and uh, uh, offering great support. So their website is thebigidea.nz. And I think I mentioned in the, in the episode running into someone in a bar who is a fan. Um, and so we want to thank those of you who are out there sharing and and uh, encouraging and listening and downloading the show. Thank you. This wouldn't be possible without your support. Yeah. Okay. Well, enjoy your Fridays or whatever day it is when you're listening to this. Enjoy your workout or your drive or your vacuuming, naked bingo or whatever you're doing. Awesome. Thanks. See you later. If you find what we're doing useful and you like this podcast please do like share and subscribe and give us a review on itunes